And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're the show that is not verified on Twitter and never will be verified on Twitter. <laughs> is it, isn't it great to be able to sidestep that whole thing to be like, oh, we weren't fucking verified anyway, so. <laughs> and I don't think anyone cares about us enough to try and impersonate us, knock on wood. <laughs> so I guess we're good and $8 richer. $8 richer, yeah. Though not really, because I think I pay more for that for SoundCloud and all the podcast stuff. I, yeah, I, I, I was just thinking it's like, because it's funny because seeing the people like uh, talking about like, oh, it's just $8. It's just $8. And it's like, yeah, but it's $8 just to get a little tick, at least with Spotify and like all this other stuff. Get I something. get something out of it. <laughs> You have actual something of value there. And let's face it, too, the only reason people wanted blue check marks before is because all your favorite celebrities and brands had it. Now, mm -hmm. no one has it except for schmucks willing to pay $8 a month. So now they've made the blue check mark not only useless, but made it controversial where before it wasn't controversial. Yeah. What a, what a great way to run a business. That's oh, a fantastic way. You know, maybe I just don't have the grind set mindset that some of these other, you know, big brained uh, billionaires are. But, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to break something that wasn't broken. Yeah, I, I've, I've been thinking like because every now and then I see like, oh, he made another change to this. And I'm like, mm. why? It was fine before. It was working before. <laughs> because I'm a disruptor, Matt. I'm a disruptor and I've got to disrupt. <laughs> I am a big smart guy, and I want them to mention my name in the same breath as the Mona Lisa. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> exactly. That's what that's what we need to do, Matt. For you know, uh, three hundred plus, we need to be comic podcasting disruptors. We need to take something <laughs> in this show that worked, and we just need to ruin it. Ru to ruin save it. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know how you can hear us really well because Matt and I spend good money on good microphones and everything to make sure you can hear us and everything. Yeah. Maybe we should start recording on potatoes. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put like a, a, a tin can over this and just start hitting oh, it and yeah. hitting it and hitting it. Oh, over and over again. People yeah, like that type really... of ASMR, don't they? They sure do. And be sure to do it at like random intervals too so no one can ever get comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how we talk about uh, comic books on the show? We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to talk about uh, Murder, She Wrote rerun. <laughs> Yeah, this is the Golden Girls podcast now. <laughs> yeah, really. Feeling disrupted yet. <laughs> yeah, sorry you can't, uh, what does it see, perceive the world as we do. <laughs> sorry you're not ready to open your third eye <laughs> and buy into what is basically the tech bro version of fucking QVC. <laughs> but again, that's almost an insult to QVC because at least you get something when you order something from there. <laughs> and no one makes fun of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Reese, hey, you guys deserve $8 because you're more reliable than Twitter. Thank you, Michael. You <laughs> truly understand. Yeah, that's what you could do. You could take 8 bucks and spend it on Twitter, or you could give it to me and Matt so we could buy Chinese. <laughs> it's my new... You, you won't get a blue check mark, but you will get a blue fried rice from me. Ugh, blue fried rice. Is it that, 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 um, that Sonic curry? <laughs> Oh, God, Sonic Curry. Everyone Google Sonic Curry if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it will change your life and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bl blue fried rice. It's like those red pickles in the South that they uh, soak mm. in Kool-Aid. Yeah. 
Oh, so, so has this rice been soaked in Kool-Aid then? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, instead of washing it in water, we wash it in blue raspberry Kool-Aid. That, that, that makes it authentic uh, Chinese absolutely. cuisine, yeah. Absolutely. You, you know the blue raspberry, Matt, everyone's favorite uh, <laughs> berry that actually exists in real life and isn't something we just made up. <laughs> Why, why were we all okay with that? Like all these other flavors, strawberry, cherry, blue raspberry. Wait, that's not a thing. Why not red raspberry? It's even alliterative. It's two R's. There's uh, too many reds. Too many reds. I guess. Is there just not enough good blue flavors? I guess they couldn't call it blueberry because technically it doesn't taste like blueberry. No, no. Huh. I never thought about that. We have a flavor that is blue but doesn't actually taste like anything blue. Yeah. But what does blue huh. taste like? Again, what does blue taste like exactly? Maybe blueberry, but maybe blue raspberry. <laughs> it could be anything. Uh, so how's your week been, Matt? Uh, very busy. Very, very, very busy. Uh, I've already been like the last like two days catching up on like comic books and like TV nice. and and everything. Oh, and yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm very tired. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell. I can see it in your eyes. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the weather was really shitty here today in Canada. It keeps going back and forth between unseasonable heat waves. Then it snowed a little, and today it's been rainy and cold. I actually got up and just went back to bed. <laughs> That's just how fucking over the day I was before it even started. <laughs> I uh, I listened to what is it? Uh, Hari Kondabalu's new uh, comedy show that uh, he released directly to youtube that was pretty fun oh that's cool and of course this week uh, i had to make time to see the brand new power rangers 30th anniversary special and i'm glad you saw it too yes yes i did see it pretty freaking wild huh i don't know what i was expecting going into it but it was all those things and more i didn't expect it like i i expected it to be pretty bad but it wasn't as yeah. bad as i thought it was gonna be no, there was a lot of effort that went into this mm. one, and it's effort that went in in the weirdest place. Because it's like, okay, it's our 30th anniversary. Who do we make this special for? Do we make it for the younger Power Ranger fans, or do we make it for, like, the 30-somethings who grew up with it? They kind of try and do both. <laughs> yeah, well, I think originally it was meant to be, like, a miniseries. That makes it was sense. meant to be, like, six or seven episodes, and then they're like, no, nah, we'll cram it down into, like, two and then we'll release yeah. those two together. Yeah, it sure feels that way. Also, you can tell that Netflix gave them a little money to work on it, but not a lot of money. Not forever red toy money. Because mm -hmm. obviously this isn't connected to any other series except for the original. They got back everyone they could, which proved to be more difficult than you might think because two rangers have sadly passed away. Mm -hmm. One is in jail, and at least one other person was a big holdout because they had other shit to do. Yeah, yeah. Though they do kind of, they trick you and fake it out in a really interesting way because it's like, oh yeah, Tommy, Jason, Kimberly, they're here. They just never morph or never unmorph. <laughs> unmorph, yeah. On camera. <laughs> and oh no, now they got kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, they got kidnapped and turned into the the Mezco One Twelve versions of the action figures. Yeah, uh, that, that's exactly what they are. Those are part of the Lightning Collection. Yeah. You can totally buy those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking amazing. And I'm like, God, I'm glad this show is staying true to its roots of selling us toys. <laughs> I'm sitting watching it at the same time. I'm on my phone being like, okay, but how much are those collectibles going to run me, though, really? <laughs> Probably uh, a lot now. 
Now, yeah, Amazon Prime, can I get them here? Like, because the two monsters they chose to bring back, they got Robo, Rita, and then it felt like they chose two monsters at random, where it's like, oh, we've got Minotaur and Snizzard. I'm like, why? Because were they voiced by Brian Cranston? Is that why? Oh, because they already have figures in the Lightning Collection. That's why. <laughs> that's why they picked them. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Also, too, you know, it's funny in choosing, you know, who is going to headline this, because obviously, you know, Jason David Frank isn't with us anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy who played Jason is in jail. Uh, the trailers were right, and Zach actually has so much more to do in this, which mm -hmm. is good, because Walter Jones, genuinely a great actor who feels he like is. he never really got his due and that, like, he only got better. Yeah, yeah, it, it just seems like... It like he he was cast uh, as Zach and then like nothing else I like think he had like a short stint on the wire where he played like black guy number mm, three okay I think he had a couple roles there but I also don't think he like ever stopped being Zach like he's been really married to this character mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this whole time it's funny too to see uh, a series try so desperately to incorporate the concept of death where death never really existed before, and now suddenly it does. Because mm -hmm. we lose Trini very early on, because, of course, Louis Trang passed away, God, like, almost 20 years ago now. Yeah, yeah, ages ago. Yeah, and the series is finally, you know, reconciling with it and dealing with it. And I'm just like, oh, you know, that's pretty good, actually, that they're making her, like, the crux and the backbone of this big anniversary special. And then I also had to laugh and kind of facepalm because we're in uh, her house. We're in Trini's house. And we see the pictures of her. One of those is literally her actor's headshot. Yeah, her headshot, from yeah. the show, the yeah. black and white one. And then the other ones are poorly cropped screenshots from the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, really? You guys didn't have any other pictures of this actress to help out? None at all? Yeah, they, they couldn't find any? Well, I, I don't understand. <laughs> yes, we also meet Trini's never-before-seen daughter mm -hmm. with a father who we also do not know about. Yeah, who's never mentioned, I don't think. Never mentioned. It's like, oh, no, you know, your mother's gone. Now you're going to have to move in with your two dads, Zach and Billy. I'm like, does she not have a father? Is her father dead, too? <laughs> Is he just a dead feed? What's up with that? <laughs> the the actress they got to play Min, though, I will say, she's actually very good. Not only can she act, but she can also do the action scenes. So well, mm. well casted. Yeah, is she going to appear in any of the other shows? I sure hope so now, actually, because I would genuinely like to see a little more than her uh, with her. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously that's where this series was going to live and die, though, where it's like, okay, you got all the actors back. Some of them could never act. Some of them have gotten better. Some of them have gotten fat. But can some of them still fight? Or at the very least, can you get stunt people who can fight? And the answer is, yeah, more of them can fight than you think. Yeah, yeah. Which is very good. And, you know, the whole thing is memes and callbacks. You know, too much pink energy. They work that in. Billy's fucking flying car they work in. <laughs> I love that flying car. It's so cool. <laughs> Me too. The rad bug that uh, Min uses to drive down a bunch of putties who are gay bashing an interracial couple. That was pretty good. <laughs> In case you ever questioned Power Rangers politics, where they were always trying to like save the youth center from evil developers and stop pollution and stop bullying. Mm. 
I was waiting for one person to say that. I was waiting to see an article to be like, has Power Rangers gone woke? I'm like, motherfucker, they're literally multicolored superheroes <laughs> who fight crime and evil and are always, you know, campaigning and protesting and everything. <laughs> That's literally in the goddamn DNA. Yeah, David Yost is a gay man. <laughs> Which, which, man, I really, I really thought that they were going to finally let Billy be gay in mm. the series because it's like he's back on Earth. And I'm like, wait, didn't he like marry a fucking alien on Miranoi? Wasn't that how the yeah. goddamn Aqua Rangers ended? At the very end, they work that in to be like, yes, I have an alien wife on Miranoi who I'm not seeing currently. <laughs> Because there's a moment there where it's like, oh, she's, you know, Min is living with uh, Zach and Billy. And I'm like, they're basically her two dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has two dads who love her very much, but also argue about how she should be raised. <laughs> also, Zach is a goddamn congressman, apparently, or he was. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, like, breezed over, like, oh, he's like a senator. Or something. And then obviously Billy's like running like, like a billion dollar, like, tech company out of like where where the, the um old command center. the command center is yeah and alpha eight just lives in his goddamn basement apparently yeah yeah for free labor also it's great too that alpha eight is once again voiced by richard horovitz that they got him back mm -hmm. horovitz of course famous voice actor was alpha in the beginning but had a falling out with the team making the show because apparently they fucked him over on residuals so he never came back until right now yeah Good time to be Richard Horowitz, because he's on Hell of a Boss as Moxie, and now he's on this. Oh, really? Yes, exactly. and their voices are exactly the same. <laughs> uh, Robo Rita actually makes way more sense than I thought it would, because they actually do mention the Z-Wave, and mm -hmm. Billy was trying to bring Zordon back and shit, because he felt so lost and everything and wanted the return of his father figure. I'm like, okay, that tracks. Yeah, I, I, I kind of figured that they would that they would i it was either they were gonna like over explain it which they kind of did or just like yeah. not explain it at all because it's power rangers fuck you yeah it's power rangers fuck you it's all fun and games kids don't pay too much attention to it <laughs> the zords look a little shitty but then i'm reminded that even in the best crossover anniversary special forever red the zords look shitty in that too so clearly mm. that's where they ran out of money yeah it's fine it's fine. It does. You know, they painstakingly recreate the actual Zords coming together scene. And I liked that more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. They got all the great musical cues you want in there. They got the Go-Go Power Rangers theme. They also even tugged the heartstrings a little bit at the very end by replaying uh, Kimberly's song from like the end of the first season. So, haha, mm -hmm. we got you in there anyway, Amy Joe Johnson and everyone else. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of sweet. They're ending this how they ended the first season. And then they do the in loving memory of Jason David Frank and Thuy Trong. And I'm like, oh, shit, that that actually got me. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. It was very nice. I wasn't expecting it to be nice. I was expecting to enjoy it from like a silly fan point of view. I wasn't expecting it to be nice, but it was actually kind of nice, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Even even at the end when Billy and Zach are there with Trini's daughter and they have to they have to do the most hilarious bit of heavy lifting and writing where it's like, OK, but what was Trini's character, though? Because out of like 65 Mighty Morphin episodes, maybe three were actually dedicated to her. So what do we know about her? Uh, she was friends with Billy. Uh, she practiced Mantis style Kung Fu. And uh, she was afraid of heights that one time. And those are the three things they <laughs> mentioned. And I'm like, all right, clearly someone on the writing team did their homework. 
because those are the only three things you needed to know and you knew them. <laughs> I, I just, I, I like that. I like that a whole lot. It's very sweet. It's very fun. Check it out if you have it. It's on freaking Netflix and it's not that long. No, no. Uh, so should we do comic news this week, Matt, now that we had that fun little uh, aside? Yes, let's, there's there's actually quite a bit of comic news, comic-centric news. There is. Let's let's do that, and then we'll circle back and talk about Mando, because Mando also ended this week, like you said, and we have uh, some thoughts on that, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, so first up, uh, the MCU's version of Scarlet Scarab, who you'll all remember, remember from the Moon Knight TV show, is set to actually make her comic book debut sooner than you might think. She's going to be appearing first as Layla in the Jed McKay book that is currently ongoing. I hear great things about that book. Mm -hmm. I really got to circle back and keep reading it. Yeah. I read like the first volume and thought it was great. And and then later she's going to making her full debut as Scarlet Scarab in City of the Dead, a brand new Moon Knight miniseries from David Popose, friend of the show. Yeah, I, I'm actually surprised it took them this long. I would have thought they would have had this ready to go uh, for when the show started. <laughs> it's funny you say that, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, Jesus, this is the quickest we've seen an MCU character <laughs> adapted? That's true, yeah, that's true. Because I think before this, the only one that was even quicker was the second Batwoman from the Batwoman show. And even then, Mm -hmm. she didn't totally get canonized in the main universe. It was like in a little side universe that was connected to the comics. Yep. This is like full on like, yep, it's the character from the show. Yep, fully canonized. And she's Scarlet Scarab too. Mm -hmm. Well, she was was also like she has ties to the comics anyway because her father is is a comic book character in the Moon Knight uh canon and everything so they've just added her to him yes uh, well fahuli i'm pretty sure was the original scarlet scarab in like Mm -hmm. the 70s i think his deal was like he fought nazis during like the captain america time because this was Mm -hmm. when they wanted to give like every nation their own superhero and he was their attempt at doing like an egyptian superhero yeah yeah so yeah again it's it's very easy for them to include her because like all the framework is already there yeah and I liked Layla in the show, and they did a lot of really good work with her. So yeah, more power to them bringing her into the books as well. More more Egyptian uh, lady representation. Something where if I twisted your arm and like, name name one Egyptian woman in comics, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isis. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd be like, Isis, maybe. And they'd be like, oh, no, we haven't seen Isis in a long time because her name is the same name as a terrorist organization. <laughs> so she's kind of been written out, unfortunately. I know they tried to change her name. I want to say it was in, like, the Arrowverse? Yeah, well, yeah, okay, because the lady uh, who would end up dating John Constantine in Legends by the end, she technically is Yeah, Isis, yes, 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 that's but right. But they changed her name. Oh, God, what the fuck was her name? She was so great. Yeah, uh, oh, my God, I am so blanking on that. They, they did so many great things with her because she was, like, you know, hard-nosed freedom fighter who could control uh, windstorms, and then later they rewrote time, so she was, like, a vapid social media person yes. who, who learned to be a good person over time. Oh, she was so good. Yeah, uh, uh, Isis. And, and, and then I'm reminded every so often, like, oh, shit, she's also supposed to be Black Adam's wife because they also worked in, like, Condock. Like, Legends is so weird in that, like, it would occasionally try and throw a bone to DC Comics, but mostly they're like, well, mm-hmm. we're doing our own thing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, fuck this. We're, we're going to have, you know, Barack Obama be attacked by Gorilla Grodd. Fuck yeah, we are. We're, we're going to save George Lucas so he can make Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> 
God damn, that show went to so many crazy. We're, we're going to be on like an alien talent show where if we don't perform, we'll be killed. And uh, what is it? John Constantine sings, you know, uh, an old punk song that you're shocked they got the rights to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, that one was good. I like that one. But I, I don't think Legends gets enough credit for the no, stuff it, it did well. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Feels like a lot of people stopped watching before it got like really good. Yeah, really crazy and just didn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I, I would really love to. I, I know the Legends Writers Room had like a Twitter page for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would love to interview someone from that show and be like, okay, when did you know? When did the change happen where it's like, okay, we're just going to do a comedy now? Mm-hmm. I would love to pick their brain. Hey, if anyone knows anyone out there, if anyone knows someone who wrote on the Legends show, let me know. Mm-hmm. I think I think a bunch of them I, actually write on Warrior Nun now. I, I is that even still a show anymore? I think. I know. I know. I follow a couple of them on on Twitter. A couple of their the like the, the Arrowverse writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to pick their brain. I would love to know what's going on there. Hmm. Now, moving on uh, from shows that are still on TV, despite what you might think, uh, TMNT is going to be having a big crossover with Stranger Things uh, in the next coming year, written by Cameron Shittock, or Shittock, C-H-I-T-T-O-K. How would you pronounce that? I have, yes, Shittock. Yeah, Shittock. There's there's no way to pronounce it without making it sounding like I'm making fun of them, but I'm promising I'm not. (laughs) Hey, shit, how's that new book coming along? <laughs> shit, shit, maybe this, uh, the H is silent. I don't know. But yeah, we're getting TMNT and Stranger Things crossing over. It's the ultimate 80s nostalgia bomb in your face. <laughs> yeah, cool, I guess. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that you and I aren't really the biggest fans of either Stranger Things or Ninja Turtles. I, I like the concept of Stranger Things, though. Same. Like... Every time I see something from the show, I'm like, oh, they, like, haven't moved past this. It's still the same premise it was in the first season. There's no evolution or anything. Mm. I uh, I have a weird relationship with Stranger Things. I watched the first season when everyone was in love with it, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I watched season two and I felt, again, much like how you felt, where I'm like, well, this is basically just the same thing all over again. Yeah, this is the same thing, except this time... Season was season two the one where they had the the Soviets or was that season three? That was season three. Season two, yeah. I don't think anyone remembers, which is why no. I checked out. That's the one with like the mine flares, where like uh, David Harbor and Eleven go down to the mine, and she has to fight all the little chittering guys who are clearly mind flares from D and D. Okay, yeah, I don't remember a thing about that season. No, no one does because it was very unamazing and they struggled to find something for Will to do because Will was kidnapped in the first season and now he's just back. Uh, yeah. That was my big thing. I'm like, oh, you, you guys really had nothing for this character, did you? Because mm. they weren't really a character in season one. They were a MacGuffin. They, yeah, they weren't. And they didn't show up a lot either. No, and all I know now from the show after I stopped watching is everyone everyone keeps talking about Eddie and everyone keeps talking mm-hmm. about Vecna are the only things I know. Yeah, I know season three introduced the fact that there's like Soviets in Hawkins and they're like, there was like this, this very 80s like Soviet assassin who was trying to kill a bunch of like scientists who defected. Mm. And then 
David Harbour got captured and taken to Siberia or something. Yeah, okay, and, I heard this. And, and it and was like, like made to fight like <laughs> it was like made to fight like mind flayers and stuff. And then and then the newest season is like pretty much like the following on from that. And then obviously Vecna and everything. Yes, which I know because I'm a big D and D fan, a hand mm -hmm. of Vecna and everything. I know a guy plays Master of Puppets on his guitar. That's Eddie, yeah. <laughs> yes, and everyone thought that was really awesome, but also some people were really pissed off because now a bunch of people suddenly started listening to Metallica, and because <laughs> metal music is filled with gatekeeping. Yes, yes. <laughs> How dare you like a song from that many years ago? Oh, oh, and and running up that hill was all over TikTok for a little uh -huh. bit too. Uh -huh. Yeah, people discovered Kate Bush. <laughs> Yes, and if I could make a deal with God, I'll swap our places. Oh, Kem Dog was right. The only other thing from season two I remember, Sean Astin was in it. Yes. Yeah, and then he died. That's a shame. He was good though. I like when Sean Astin is in things. Yeah. He's very good. Good old, good old Samwise Gamgee. I mean, it only makes sense. Ninja Turtles has crossed over with everything. They've crossed over with the friggin' DC Universe with Batman. They crossed over with Power Rangers. Sure, they can cross over with Stranger Things. Why not? Yeah, why not? At this point, like, a shorter list is things the Turtles haven't crossed over with. <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Sense and Sensibilities. Okay. T Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, Sideways, the Paul Giamatti movie. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> it's just him being very sad and very drunk and well, the turtles yeah there. it just like any any crossover with paul giamatti is good it really is it's fine and then you know we can get like a little spider-man crossover there because sandman is also in sideways <laughs> he'll tell you he's thomas hayden church and that he's not really sandman but we know he's sandman <laughs> come on Say they crossed over with SpongeBob. Did they really? The I mean, yeah, I guess because they were owned by Nickelodeon for a bit. Oh wow, really? Holy shit! Also, they have that new movie coming out soon. Actually, what would make a lot of sense is TMNT crosses over with Spider Verse because mm. you know, hey, multiverses, and because the same animation studio is doing the Miles movie and the new Turtles movie. They look so very similar. Yeah, they do, and you know what? I'm fine with that. If this is the new thing. For cinematic animation, if everyone starts aping the amazing, eye-blowing, beautiful, painstaking style of Spider-Verse, that's okay with me. I'm for it, yeah. Yeah, I wish more things were like that. Hey, let's ape this style. Let's really rip off this beautiful piece of art by trying to create beautiful pieces <laughs> of art. <laughs> that's what you gotta do. You just gotta trick people into making things that are great. <laughs> Turtles is getting, like, a big new video game, too. Didn't they describe it as, like, oh, it's the God of War of uh, Turtles games, and it's based mm. on that last Ronin. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. I, I have no idea when that's coming out. Me either. The, the big gimmick for last Ronin is it's, like, in the dark apocalyptic future and there's one ninja turtle walking around and you don't know which one it is because he uses all the weapons and because he doesn't have a colored bandana, it could literally be anyone. Yeah. Which is a funny art gimmick that, like, if not for their bandanas and weapons, you don't know which turtle is which. It it it, it it's funny, but it's also like genius. It really is because it's like it's so, it's such a simple thing. Where it's like ah, oh, blue is Leonardo, you know. Yeah. Orange like, is Mikey. Red is Raph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can immediately tell who they are. 
and then it's tied to like their character too. You know, Leo is the cool leader, so of course he gets blue. Raph is the angry one, so of course he gets red because he's always seeing red. Mm-hmm. You know, purple is regal and royal and smart, so obviously that's uh, Donatello. Yeah, it's good shit. Uh, moving on there too, uh, Marvel Comics will be celebrating its 84th anniversary with new Marvel Age number 1000. It's a special one shot bringing together a ton of your favorite different Marvel writers. Uh, cool, excellent. Yeah, yeah, should be good. It, it, it's hard to get excited for like these big anniversary issues because usually they don't lead to much. Normally they're just like a one and done and have very little impact on what I read every week. They might at most, uh, much like they they did Marvel Comics one thousand and then like they've done a couple of specials where they'll have like a bunch of little stories and then like in the last couple of pages they'll have like this is what's coming to the Marvel universe yeah. in the next you know year or two and it'll be like mm. short one page like teasers for like uh summer of symbiotes or you know yeah, K- yeah. kang's coming back or something you know yeah i'm not gonna lie those like the last couple big marvel anniversary issues or anniversary things i've kind of sat out on for just that reason yeah they, they're, they're all right but yeah they're just like ah this is just like a preview book yeah yeah they're never not bad it's just kind of like okay you know that was that was a lot for the ten dollars you expected me to pay because they're always like expensive yeah and again because i read most of my shit digitally these days if i don't own the physical copy where it's like well what was even the point of this what was the point yeah they should do they should do opposites whereas like you know when you buy like a physical book you get a digital code Mm -hmm. if buy a digital you should get a physical like a coupon for a physical I remember they tried to do something like that for a bit. I don't know if they're still doing that. Yeah, and the, and like you don't put like an expiration date on it so that like like maybe you can't get to like a comic shop like mm. some people can, but like maybe there might be a point where you can so you can like just go in all at once and like buy or get all your free comics. Yeah. Speaking of digital comics there, I know the Marvel app is going away soon, so a lot of people are freaking out, being like, well, where the fuck am I going to get my read my comics now? Do I have to go read them on shitty Amazon again? Did, did uh, Amazon ever fix their thing? Did they ever make it look better? <laughs> it's a little better. All right, that's good. But, um, I I mean, Marvel, they're going to have their own app again. It'll It's yeah. probably just getting re-signed. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why would they, why would they ever give up on that? Yeah. Uh, Tevi is saying, how do you feel about the new Spidey event for July? There's a new Spidey event in July? <laughs> if, if, if it's uh, one of the months of the year, there's a new Spider event. <laughs> yeah, sure feels that way. You, yeah, I was going to say, you're not talking about uh, Summer of Symbiotes, which is, of course, a Miles thing coming soon. Right, you're talking about another event, I assume, Tevia. I hope it's more I, Paul stuff. Yeah, really. Uh, forget Summer of Symbiote, it's Summer of Paul. Summer of Paul. <laughs> yeah, it's coming to you right now. Uh, Reign of the Pauls, you know, there's mm-hmm. just a bunch of different Pauls running around. Yeah, Secret Pauls. Secret Pauls. Crisis on Infinite Pauls. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he's the hot new character, you know, Marvel. Every time Paul's not on panel, we want people to be asking, where's Paul? <laughs> where's Paul? <laughs> Could be anywhere. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm looking at a major Spider-Man wedding kicks off Marvel's next Spider-Man event. Oh, okay. Are they finally marrying off uh, Robbie's kid and Beetle? Because that's been a background thing forever. No, it's MJ okay, and yeah. Paul's wedding. 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, apparently they're already married. Yeah, and then they're renewing. Peter will act like a real incel and crash the wedding and shoot up the place. Yeah. Yeah, but Paul, Mary Jane, renew your vows. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at Amazing Spider-Man 31, blah, 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 John Romita, more issue features, blah, 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 Greg Land. As it was. Okay, yeah, so they're doing a big wedding issue there they're not saying it's beetle and uh friggin uh randy but it probably is them because they've been getting married forever and that's one of the few storylines that actually stuck around from the spencer years to now mm -hmm. yes exactly chem dog it's the summer of george <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be the summer of george <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly ethan i'm sure spider-man twitter will love it because they're yeah. just a lovable bunch who loves they, everything. Yeah, they love everything about the character. They love everything. They love talking about it. They love really digging into it. It's it's great. It's yeah. really quite great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of someone who's having a bad time, maybe not as bad as Peter, but certainly pretty goddamn bad. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Majors. So the man who would be Kang, but maybe not for much longer, is a story that's, you know, held the comic press in the nerd sphere in a chokehold. Maybe some would even say a, a violent shaking chokehold. <laughs> uh, well, we finally got more news on this case right now. Apparently, Jonathan Majors has been dropped by his agency and apparently has also been dropped from several other major products no word yet on his fate in the marvel universe but this certainly does not bode well yeah yeah i'd have to say we're probably not going to see any more of him i mean i think we have to see him in like loki season two but yeah. uh i think after that it's gonna be someone else and even then they could always you know wait a while and you know try and reshoot those scenes if they could yeah well it depends on how much he's in it yeah true enough so what we're saying is kang died on his way back to his own home planet <laughs> yep and now here's a new Kang. Boy, boy, they're lucky, unlike with War Machine and unlike with Hulk and everything when they had to make a big deal. And even then they didn't make that big a deal about recasting those guys. Boy, are they lucky that variants and alternate versions and time shenanigans are already friggin' baked into the Kang character, making changing him the easiest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. The, it, at least they've got that going for them. It's still it's so disappointing. That it's, it, just like... Just outside of him being cast as kang like the guy had, like his career was just taking off yep i just watched creed 3 the other night yeah he was in creed he was in this uh he, he'd been in like lovecraft country he had like a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff coming out like getting ready to come out and he just goes and fucks it all up for himself peaks and valleys man you know a roller coaster ride to the top and a burning plane crash to the bottom <laughs> Again, don't don't fucking hit people. And again, you know, many people are quick to compare this to the Ezra Miller situation, and they are kind of apples and oranges. They're not one to one, but boy, is it really hard to avoid the pretty glaringly obvious racial component mm -hmm. to this where it's like, "Oh, Jonathan Majors was a black man who hit a white woman and lost everything. Ezra Miller is a queer non-binary person." 
who definitely hit a woman on camera that we saw, choked the shit out of her, uh, but mostly victimized other queer people and old people, and, you know, people don't really give a shit about them, or at least studio execs don't give a shit about them, so, you know, they get to get away with a lot of bad behavior, because they've also pumped a ridiculous bunch of money into their new movie, and they really need to can't, fucking release yeah, it. can't let it fail or anything. Apparently, that Flash film, uh, it screens for the first time for the public this weekend, it's at um, I heard that uh, CinemaCon. Yes, which is a weird choice. I know they've done that in the past. Uh, showed whole movies at CinemaCon, but do you think that's a desperation move, or do you think that's like, no, we really believe in this movie. We need to get the good word out of it now, and if people hear good stuff from CinemaCon, well, yeah, well, I think uh, like people are. If you get to see a movie early, you're gonna say it's good. Yeah, it's usually how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I know I would probably be nicer to a movie if I saw it early. Yeah, yeah. So I have to imagine that they're, they're banking on at least that. Yeah, uh, it'll be very, it'll be very, very interesting. And again, too, as we've said time and time again, eventually they're going to have to put Ezra Miller in front of cameras, right, to talk about the movie and no doubt their crime spree. Or are they just really hoping that Michael Keaton will be a good team player and pick up the slack on this one? And uh, who, who's the actress playing the new uh, Supergirl who they're really all in on? Uh, Sasha Kell. Sasha Cal, you know, are they just hoping that they'll be able to do it and maybe they'll just hope people forget <laughs> that freaking yeah. uh, Ezra Miller is involved in any of this at all? Yeah, they're probably hoping to do that. I know Ben Affleck's been doing some promo for it, but I think they stopped him because he's just like, I don't give a fuck. Here's like the scene I have with Wonder Woman and here's what happens in the movie. And it's like, he's just and it's like, okay, we're not going to have him in there. He's going to spoil it all. <laughs> Yeah, all the, all the energy of a man who has thoroughly checked out and said, like, why am I promoting a series I'm not involved with anymore? Yeah, I just made a movie about Air Jordans. Go watch that. Oh, which apparently is actually quite good. Apparently it yeah. got really good reviews. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah, you actually can make a good movie about anything, even the creation of Air Jordans. <laughs> but Viola Davis turns in a great performance as Michael Jordan's mother. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff in that movie. Do you, do you think it'll be as good, though, as the Hot Cheetos movie that also comes out Ooh, this year? I don't know. There's a lot of movies about, like, products being made. We just had that Tetris film, which was actually That's pretty right. good. Was it? I didn't watch it, actually. It was, it was pretty good, yeah. I, uh, I should definitely check it out because I know uh, in the actual Tetris story, one of the dudes involved in it just so happened to be Ghislaine Maxwell's father. Oh, fuck, really? Yes, the, the dude in the purple suit in that movie, that guy. Oh, yeah, that's shit. Who, that's who he was in real life. That's Ghislaine Maxwell's father who died under very mysterious circumstances and who left his entire fortune to his daughter who is in jail for horrible crimes. Do you know what that uh, like? Just like looking at like the cast and everything, it's like holy shit. Yeah, that guy was playing. Her, her, holy shit! And it makes sense because yeah. the guy, the guy in the movie is like real, like, a real like piece of shit. Yeah, what a what a wonderful connection, huh? Everyone, don't you love history? Don't you Which, love familial connections? It also then means her her brother is in it because like he's a character in it as well. Yeah, like the guy's uh, son. Yeah, Maxwell's father was a spy, everyone. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> was a was a spy who was into some deep shit. Apparently that just runs in the family. Jesus. 
Much like Jonathan Majors is in some deep shit and will probably <laughs> not be returning for Kang. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, who would we like to see for uh, for a recast? I know some people are already fan casting John Boyega. I mean, mm. yeah, I just like to see John Boyega and things. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, see, that's the thing with variants. You're not limited to cast to like who you can cast. You can cast fucking anyone. You could. It would be great. You could cast a woman. You could cast yeah. anyone. Just be like, yep, I'm Kang too. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm Kang Prime, you know. I I absorbed all the other Kangs. He was a weaker version. Yeah, I wonder I'm how they'll explain version. though, because uh, obviously we got like the Council of Kangs, the end yes, of Quantum Mania, yeah. and they're all Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. Yeah, that's that's the real shame. I bet they're like, man, why did we have to put that at the end of the Ant Man movie? <laughs> why did Shit. we have to be comic accurate? God damn it. <laughs> exactly. Why why couldn't we have been super vague and then later have a council of Kangs and they're all played by different actors? Yeah. I mean, you, you could pass it off as like all the variants of this particular Kang got together. Yeah. And then like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure yeah, they'll yeah. figure it out. They'll figure it out. They always do. And a lot of the times when they recast people, they do it for the better. I mean, geez, Don Cheadle as War Machine. Could you imagine anyone else in that role now? I, You know, I can't imagine Ter Terrence Howe doing anything what uh, Don Cheadle has done, like through Iron Man 3, yeah. Civil War, you know, the Avengers films. I can't imagine him in the, that role. Like likewise, Mark Ruffalo, where it's like, well, hey, he, yeah. he is Bruce Banner now. Yeah. He is Bruce Banner, and he's actually able to have some fun with it and have some laughs about it, and I don't think the other guy would. Yeah, we'd never get Edward Norton in a She-Hulk show saying, bruh. Bruh. Though, really, how great would that be? It'd be pretty great. <laughs> It'd be pretty freaking great. You see, that's what just Edward Norton needs to do for the second half of his career, just not take himself that seriously at all. And yes, I know he does comedies, but he does, like, twee, independent comedies where he yeah. gets to wear, like, silly mustaches and, and where, stuff. And where he gets some uh, type of creative control, which is apparently a big thing for him. He wants, like, yes. his fingers in the pie, so to speak. And and also where he gets to be a disruptor, he's disrupting things. That's, again, it all comes back to Edward Norton. I was quoting him at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> also, thank you to our new subscriber there. I couldn't see your name just yet because it was obscured behind the title, but thank you. <laughs> again, we're, we're always appreciating And thank you for coming and hanging out with us and uh, better spending your eight bucks. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, from Jonathan Major's news to happier news, uh, Ryan Reynolds gave another interview this week about uh, the forthcoming Deadpool 3, which will, of course, feature Wolverine. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Reynolds was quick to say that you've never seen a Wolverine like this before. This is going to be totally different than the other Wolverines you have seen previously. So a comic accurate one? Uh, and I'm just like, I should hope so. Yeah, are they going to do forced perspective and make uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman short? Oh man, just hobbit it the fuck up. Yes, please. <laughs> really hobbit it up to make him look all tiny, make him stand on an apple box. <laughs> I'm all about these things. Because really, I mean, if you're getting Hugh Jackman back, like costume or bust. And like they have to understand that, right? What's the oh, one yeah. thing that fans were screaming about forever? The one thing they never got. The one thing that will make you the talk of the town and put butts in seats. It's put Hugh Jackman in the goddamn yellow and blue spandex. Oh, they absolutely will do that. They they totally will. Especially because you got to remember Kevin Feige, like before he was who he is now, he was like a, an assistant on like the original X-Men films. This is true. He was. And, you know, him and Jeff Johns. And... 
yeah, so he, he's been there from like the very beginning with these with this particular version, this Hugh Jackman version of the character. So I have to imagine he'll want to put him in the costume one final time. You would really hope so. Yeah, and and they they keep teasing it as well in like the, yeah. those previous films, like you know, oh, this one in this film, he's in you know the Weapon X costume with mm. the helmet, which doesn't really look like it, but it kind of is. And he, here he is given the the original like the costume, but he never wears it because it's the post credit scene. And yes, at the end of the Man Gold movie, which man, how friggin' pissed off were we about that? Like it was right there. <laughs> We almost had it. You know, they should really make up for lost time. You're right, Matt, in this new one. He should have to wear a different costume in every scene from Wolverine's long history. (laughs) Now you're wearing Weapon X. Now you're wearing Patch. Now you're wearing uh, X-Force in, you know, uh, the gray and black. Yeah, now you've got the brown and yellow. Yep, now you got it all. You got to wear all the different costumes. Ooh, now you've got the blue with, like, the red claw marks from, like, Age of Apocalypse, and we got to cut your hand off for this one scene. Mm-hmm. again it's just a more costume bang for your buck in every scene it's got to be something different <laughs> different costume frame oh now, now you're albert now you're the robot wolverine so we're gonna oh god albert yeah yeah now we're gonna duct tape some uh freaking computer chips to the side of your head <laughs> just just really make hugh jackman hate it all by the end is what we're saying yeah and now you're the house of m wolverine who's just like feral oh. yeah yeah, exactly. Ooh, yeah, now you're that big, stupid Wolverine with the bone claws and, like, no nose and a bandana wrapped around your head. And, and, and now now you're uh, your old man Phoenix when, when, when Logan <laughs> got the Phoenix Force, yep. Nice, nice. And uh, we're going to get some hot claws in you in this one. I know that's not really a costume. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the hot claws. Yeah, we'll just bring them in and just, like, never explain it and no one will ever bring it up ever again. I, I, lo- I la- laughed my goddamn ass off. Because, uh, what is it, friggin' Sins of Sinister brought back the Hot Claws for, like, two seconds in, like, an army of Chimera mutants. And they're like, oh, Emma sent the Hot Claws after them. (laughs) And I thought that was so fucking funny that I'm like, (laughs) someone remembered Hot Claws for a second. (laughs) Ooh, uh, Red Guy asked us a good question in the chat. We'll have to remember that, uh before we go off, because I do want to start incorporating some more fan questions into the show. Nice, nice. But yeah, so th- there's more Deadpool news, which isn't really much news at all. It's just Ryan Reynolds trying to keep you interested by being like, look, it is coming, and I promise we're going to give you what you were asking for all these years. <laughs> and it's like, good. Yeah, about time. Yeah, about time. You know, before he, before he hangs it all up. Mm-hmm. Before he hangs it all up one last time. Give us, give us what we want, Hugh Jackman. Give it to us, and then... Go back to doing what other Hugh Jackman roles that you do. Yeah, go go sing on Broadway again. Yeah. Yes, which he does, and make a make another Prisoner style movie that shows the depth oh, of your yes. complexity as a performer. Yes, that's a good one. I like that one. Which ironically, it's him and the original War Machine. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, and Mysterio. <laughs> And Amanda Waller is in it. Yeah, beating up the spot. (laughs) And and the Riddler. (laughs) And the Riddler. You go back and you watch this movie now and you're like, fuck, everyone in this went on to do multiple comic book movies. (laughs) This shit's fucking wild. I cannot believe this. (laughs) Prisoners is great. I think it's still on Netflix, actually. Yeah, it's a fucking great film. It's a great movie. It's it's a hard watch because, you know, it's like one of those real, hey, we're going to shine a light on human darkness and the depths of depravity we'll all sink to. <laughs> yeah. 
it's great fun time for the whole family yeah yeah <laughs> though, though actually like it, it's kind of like a little softer than that because technically the two kidnapped kids don't actually die in it no no they don't no but still the two the two kidnapped kids don't die so it's actually a little nicer than some of these other movies <laughs> <laughs> we don't go all the way uh now matt you, you and i want to talk about mando too because that also finished up this week and it'll be our last new star wars till at least the summer when the ahsoka show comes out till august yeah yeah, which we still don't have a date in August for Ahsoka. We just know it's coming out in August sometime. Yeah, I know we got Star Wars Visions coming out next oh, week. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit, is that really next week? Yeah, on May the 4th. But uh, obviously that just drops all at once. So, yeah. Yes, it does. Which, oh, man, I'm going to have a lot of fun watching all them different ones. I, I got to go back and rewatch the first Visions because I know there's a lot of ones I forgot. So good. So good. I, I remember the anime samurai one. I remember the band one. Yeah, the ninth Jedi is probably my favorite. I know they did like a Princess Mononoke one. I know yep. they let the kill the kill guys do one. Yep. There was a lot of good stuff there. Oh, uh, yes. So Mando had its end. And I think everyone was genuinely surprised because everyone had a sense of dread that this one was going to have like a sad ending or maybe they were going to kill Din. When in fact they went the other way completely and had one of the happy happiest wholesomest endings in anything star wars yeah and that's and, and again i think that's why people didn't like it they expect they 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 went in expecting it was going to be like empire strikes back which i don't know why they would have done that in season two not season three yeah well as well as just uh just like looking at it from like a show that's part of a tapestry it's not like it's its own story it's part of like ahsoka and then end of the empire and then all this mm -hmm. other stuff it's just it's part of that it's not like the, the full story and i don't think a lot of people realize that and uh shit i mean you know they asked favreau and favreau himself even said you know i don't imagine the end of mando will be a solid end again yeah. like you said it's it's a tapestry it'll weave one thing into another and when it's over you'll know yeah and we and, and i know we're getting season four of it already because favreau has said he's written season four i mean shit that this season ended with mando being like i could use a job hunting imperial war criminals and taking my new adopted son din grogu on further mandalorian adventures boy those are enough adventures to fill maybe an entire fourth season huh <laughs> yeah instead of rangers of the new republic we're getting independent contractor of the new republic <laughs> which is fine by me because we don't got to deal with any fucking anti-vaxxer terms yeah. i'm all right with that. yeah yeah it'll just it'll just be mando and his buddy the dad from kim's convenience yeah yeah i i, I love seeing Car more of carson he's he's such a cool character he's wonderful he's great and i love because the other one fucked up so hard we get more of him <laughs> yeah i also just like that it kind of goes against like what you would expect like a main character hero you know hotshot pilot would be you, you, yeah. you expect him to kind of you know look like han solo or something it's like no no he's just like you know uh a uh, slightly just over middle-aged korean guy yep he's a, he's your friend's dad <laughs> yeah and yeah and, and he's out here doing the hard work of actually keeping the new <laughs> republic running he, he fits that 70s star wars aesthetic to a t very oh god yeah 100 percent uh bland boy helping us out in the chat uh jackman should do the opposite of body transformation and go full earth x uh beard belly logan or chibi fine like little uh wolvie from exiles <laughs> i like both of those a whole lot and i'm sure jackman would also like 
like not having to get jacked for a movie. Yeah, not having to like deprive his body of nutrients so he can look like super shredded uh, on screen for like 10 minutes. And veiny all the time. Well, shit, I think he said he loved doing Logan because Logan was just like his regular workout routine, but with way more cheat days thrown in because he was supposed to be older and fatter. Yeah, yeah. Just make him that one. Yeah, so he just got to work as hard, but also got to have donuts. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so Mandalorian, you know, solid ending with everyone being happy. And also, you know, a lot of really interesting implications and stuff that I'm sure will come back later. Obviously, there was the Thrawn stuff. There was the final explanation of what Gideon was trying to do to be like, yeah, I'm trying to build what has never been built before and won't be built until Palpatine returns. Suddenly, I want to build a force sensitive clone that I can put my, you know, own consciousness into. Yeah, he. I, I love how uh, narcissistic it is here where he, he proclaims that the one thing that was like holding them back was they didn't have him in the suit yeah that's the real problem and i'm like that's pretty fucking good you know for a guy who we only really learned his evil plan in the last two episodes pretty fucking good evil plan yeah yeah and also like the 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 gideon we see here is very obviously a clone (laughs) you think you think that's the big because gideon has been the villain in every season of this show well i i think yeah but like compared to seasons one and two he looks completely different he looks slightly younger he's got a different Mm. haircut He's got no mustache. Of course, like, these are things that a character can change uh, over the course, but still, like, and he looks very similar to the clones that are in the tanks. I do like that as a way out, though, to be like, yeah, the real Gideon escaped, or even more so, another, a clone escaped, and he doesn't know if he's the real Gideon or not, and that really fucks with his head. Yeah, yeah, well, I think, like, the real Gideon escaped from that shuttle that Carson found, and is, like, in hiding, and he activated this clone to, like, throw people off the scent again that would be really funny and somehow moff gideon returned for season (laughs) four because yeah i mean at this point you might as well just keep doing it honestly because he's been the villain at the end of every season of mando yeah i'm fine with that yeah because again you just get to work with Giancarlo esposito some more and who doesn't love him yeah Again, that needs to be the mystery thing. It needs to be Mando all next season. Like, oh, there's some mystery imperial criminal out there who is empowering the others and funding them and arming them. And he wears a cool mask and then he takes off the mask Scooby-Doo style and it's fucking Gideon again. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Also, hey, uh, Caddy O'Brien as uh, the lady who melted Pershing's brain. She escaped. No one knew that yeah. she was working with she, him, so she's still out there. Yeah, she, she was... Uh the title of spy in that episode everyone kept saying well who was the spy who was the spy it was very obviously her but we already knew she was a spy yeah. in the high republic <laughs> yeah exactly exactly again every, everyone assumed that there'd be a big twist with the armor or that she would finally break bad but nope uh, armor was exactly who she said she was the whole time <laughs> and armor beating the shit out of people with her hammers in midair i love that everyone's pew 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 rockets 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 and she's just like hammer 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 <laughs> hey it worked it works. Never, never runs out of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, and uh, the dark has been destroyed. Yes, which I I like actually. I, I'm like, so glad this thing of mass division in the Mandalorians has been destroyed. That's exactly what it is. As visual storytelling, it's like, look, this thing 
always tore us apart. Mandalore could never thrive as a society because we all had to fight with each other over who got the saber and who mm -hmm. got to be king. This way, maybe we'll actually build a worthwhile society. And we see that, too, in the fact that because there hasn't been Mandalorians on the planet in years, vegetation is actually coming back that never came there before. Mm -hmm. And what they thought was, you know, the lawless outlands to be like, no, 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 stuff can grow here. We just kill each other too often to farm. Yeah, we, we glass the planet too often to for it to even grow. <laughs> Which I like that a whole lot. And I'm like, look, if Mando Skinny Pete can do it. Yeah, if, if Skinny Pete can come in and 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 solve this problem, then yeah, surely we could all solve the problem. Then surely we can all solve it. And it's going to be great. Another thing they didn't do, but it's something they're definitely signposting they will do. Grogu and the Mythosaur. They've shown us time and time again that Grogu, much like Ezra, can use his Force powers to interact with animals and put them at ease and everything. I really assume there's going to be a moment where it's like, oh, well, Grogu's going to wake the Mythosaur and the Mythosaur is going to fuck up Gideon and his forces. They didn't do it, but they do show that Grogu is aware of the Mythosaur and vice versa. I'm glad they didn't do that because everyone expected them to do it. And then if they did it, people would just complain that, oh, this is like, you know, the end of Book of Boba Fett or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the start of Mandalorian season two. Like, I'm glad they didn't blow their load on that and, and left the Mythosaur as just a myth. Indeed. And also, too, it's like they're also very much, you know, like pointing at the sign to the future to be like, look, you know, hey, Grogu raised as both a Jedi and a Mandalorian, like the last great Mandalorian leader who was mm -hmm. both. And when the Mythosaur rises again and will usher in a new golden age of Mandalore, Grogu will be the one to do that. He will be the new Vizsla, basically. He will be the new Mandalore the mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Grogu the Great. Yeah, it's it it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's like we don't have to do that right now because he's still learning, you know, he's still he's still a yellow belt as a Mandalorian. <laughs> he still needs to get his Mandalorian black belt. It, I it, it's also really quite cool because there's there's that whole running thing through the show about like uh like pure blood Mandalorians, like Axe Wolves talk, talks about like uh, like when Din was like being touted as like a leader, it's like, oh, he can't be, he's like a foundling, you know, he's not mm -hmm. pure Mandalorian. And it's the same with like Grogu, he's not pure Mandalorian, but he's like got all those traits of like, oh, this is very much like Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yes. it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But blood purity in this show, much like in real life, is total bullshit, and anyone who tells you that is a dumbass. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very fun to see. Also, hey, you know, we, we, we lost uh, the other Vizsla, but we saw he had a kid. That kid, we see his whole, like, you know, Mandalorian bar mitzvah. He's standing by Axe Wolves there. I'm mm. like, wait, did, did, did Wolves adopt that kid? That's kind of interesting. Yeah. After fighting with his dad the whole thing that he adopted him and also being like, no, 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 the, the Vizsla line will live on through mm -hmm. this kid. So don't worry. We didn't chop that off at the at the ankles. Yeah, that, I think that's pretty cool. I like that too. I'm like, that's, that's a nice little thing. Every Everything about this was nice. Also, Taika Watiti bot gets rebuilt and is now the sheriff. <laughs> yeah, the sheriff of Navarro, which is pretty cool. We finally finished off that story, and I'm like, oh, what a nice uh, coming full circle from him, from hunting little Grogu to being the one droid that uh, Din liked to now being the sheriff of this town. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so much good stuff. I hope in I hope in, in both Ahsoka and the next season of Mandalorian, we do get to see more of uh, 
like the new republic yeah and 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 what's going on with them because uh, like i noticed this uh way way too late and pro- people probably noticed it beforehand but did you notice the, the like like jack black had one and then like katie o'brien and pershing and all that had had them they're, they're like like red sort of like badges mm. it, it, it's a scarlet letter yeah isn't no it? yeah, yeah it's all it's the orbrish letter for a Oh, it's don't totally trust these guys because they're yeah. ex-space Nazis. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw that. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Let's let's explore all this a little bit more. Yeah, they're literally forced to wear a scarlet letter. Yeah, I'd like to see that too because it's like, okay, of all you ex-Imperials, who's actually trying to redeem themselves from the mm-hmm. past and who is just pretending? Because basically 90% of the people we saw here were pretending. Yeah, yeah, they were. Like, even Jack Black, where it's like, oh, isn't he fun and silly? He's not an Imperial pencil pusher anymore. I'm like, yeah, he married into a royal family of a deeply corrupt planet and everything. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't, a, you know, you know, mustache-twirlingly evil as everyone else, but he was, like, taking advantage of, Absolutely. of certain things. And, yeah. Yeah. Also, even if you're just a pencil-pushing space Nazi, you're still a space Nazi. Most of yeah. the worst travesties in World War II only happened because of pencil pushers mm-hmm. and guys who worked in acquisitions and shit if it wasn't yep. for them wars wouldn't work you don't get a pass just because you worked in the fucking office on the death star <laughs> they were getting fucking pencils and getting coffee <laughs> i i really want to know because like there, there's hints at it in this and then in like some various books uh set around the same time where like there are like once the uh, the new republic came in they basically disarmed themselves they, yeah. they, they talk about in this season about like the fleet disarmament and everything and I, I i really want them to tell a story about like how they like there was like an ex-imperial who like convinced them to do that because there has to be right because yeah. literally it's like as soon as the empire fell they were already laying the groundwork for the first order and this this whole series and, th- and again this this goes back to the one episode i didn't like and i'll give mando season three all the credit in the world for ending strong because that's what you should do if you end strong and start strong no one cares about what you did in the middle mm-hmm. But that that droid episode really grind my balls, and I know we mentioned this before. It's like, really? So you're mean to tell me in the Star Wars universe, no style of government that doesn't have magic space wizards with laser swords at the head of it has ever worked in this universe for more than a goddamn decade? They've all fallen apart. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it makes sense. It goes back to as, as well as like how Luke's Jedi Order felt, it's like because he was just doing the exact same as the last one. <laughs> I guess. And the last one failed because they they didn't see they didn't evolve or, or want to they were arrogant and, and didn't want to see what was right in front of them. And that's exactly what's happening here. There's something right in front of them, but everyone's like, oh no no, it's New Republic is good. It's it's fine. Because they really like paint the New Republic as like the worst. You got like Tim Meadows there being like, ah, but the bureaucracy though, if they don't sign up with us, we can't protect them. Yeah. And I guess, and it makes sense because when you think of the Rebel Alliance, they were just like a resistance cell, though. You, you know, terrorist cell. Like, and then they suddenly get control. Like you see it all the time in real life, where like it's like true. a small partisan group get control group and it's takes like, over. oh, what the fuck do we do? We have no we, idea we, what we're doing. We don't actually know how to run the country. We don't actually know how to run everything. Jeez, hey, Ma- hey, Ma- Ma Mothma, where are you at? You actually seem like a pretty good politician. Why weren't you running shit? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if when we find her in Ahsoka, it's, she's like back to how she was in Andor in terms of mm. like everything's being stonewalled. 
uh you know it's just bureaucracy that's like not working or anything it's gonna like force her to like help leia set up the resistance yeah i hope we actually get more with her because they did in andor basically set her up being like she's the only good politician she's the only <laughs> one who actually cares and knows what's going on well her and jimmy smith but even then jimmy smith has to pretend so much he's like doing like the whole acting thing <laughs> yeah jimmy smith is dead now yeah, I guess he's space dust uh, yeah. because they blew up Alderaan shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did he get a statue of Bail Organa? I feel like he probably should have gotten a statue somewhere for all the hard work he put in. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, you know. Just just love me some Jimmy Smiths is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mandalorian is interesting. Lots of cool places they could definitely go. With it. What's what's something you want to see? I know a lot of people were like, ooh, you know, there's a, there's a freaking Stormtrooper zombie helmet up there on the thing. Is that a fun reference? Or is that, you know, maybe saying we'll get zombies next season? Maybe. I mean, cloning and everything, bringing back undead, like, soldiers. Mm, that's true enough. That's not as crazy as you might think. You're right. Yeah, and I mean it's can it's 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 in the old canon that there was a virus that that caused uh, zombies, and even like Clone Wars played with the idea, but they mm -hmm. were more like voodoo zombies voodoo than they ones. were like yeah than they were like uh, friggin' Romero zombies. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't hate it. I mean they've done just about every other genre on Mandalorian. Let's do some zombie horror. Why not? Yeah, why not? And, and like. Of course, like the next season is set up for him to be traveling around defeating Imperials and stuff. So I imagine there will be a tie to, because it'll obviously be coming out after Ahsoka. So I imagine there'll yeah. be more big ties to Thrawn. He'll probably discover Absolutely. that Thrawn is coming or, or is around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, much like Vendis, Thrawn is coming. <laughs> he's coming and he's coming hard and he's digging blue. <laughs> And, and also his little toady who stands next to him in the books is also alive and well. Yeah. A, lo a lot of people assumed in Rebels he got blown up with the rest of them, but no, Colonel Mustache is A-OK. -okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're going to give Thrawn his, uh... Oh, fuck, what are they called? Salambiri. They're, they're like a lizard that prevents people from using force powers around him. Oh, that's a good, that's a good invention. They yeah, should definitely they, they had them. in, in rebels, they had like stone busts of him in his office. Mm. And, uh, and I wonder if they're, they're going to bring him back in here. I wonder how they're actually going to do a lot of things from here to the empire. Cause like lots of the stuff they can't really do. Like, like Rook, like his Nogri assassin died in rebels, but that's Rook right, is the I'm one not. who kills him in here to the empire at the end of oh, it. Shit. So I, I wonder how they're going to do that. Well, well, we saw, uh, what is it, Ahsoka, in the trailer, she's fighting with what looks to be a Praktorian guard guy. Maybe he's the new Rook. Th those, uh, yeah, those guard things are uh, uh, Elsbeth's guards that were in the Mandalorian episode oh, she was in. That's right. Yes, the, the one where Ahsoka first debuted. Yes, yes. Yes, because she was working for Thrawn as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she's, so in, makes... she's in the Ahsoka show as well with Oh, cool. They're bringing that out. I, I got to go back and rewatch that episode. It was a good-ass episode. So good episode. Good-ass. A very samurai episode. Very seven samurai because yeah. Star Wars loves riffing on seven samurai. Yeah. Not a day goes by that they don't love riffing on it. Yeah, I mean, what other stuff? Because now with Thrawn and Heir to the Empire, now it seems like everything is up for grabs from the old legends that they can just bring back again mm -hmm. if they like it. I mean, we got Thrawn, we got Mount Tantus, we got all this other shit. Yeah, I, I kind of want them to bring back a couple more of, like, the weirder Jedi. Like, like go 
I'm I'm fairly certain it's canon that the planet Luke was building that temple on was Osus. I think it was mm. Osus, which is a big like Jedi world in 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 legends and everything. So like bring all like the weird shit back. Like there he gets like a uh, uh, what do you call him a holocron from this uh, this Jedi who's who looks like Swamp Thing. And, and it's like just like weird shit like that. There was like I mean, this we, Jedi. We got the Swamp like, Thing pirate, so we know. That's true. Possible. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, who will also be in Skeleton Crew as well. That's right. Yeah, we're getting lots of pirates. Yeah, uh, there's like yeah, a bunch of like weird. There's like a weird Jedi who looks like like Doctor Eggman. Like he's like <laughs> floats around <laughs> in like a big ball and has a lightsaber <laughs> for a hand and some, just more weird shit like that. I've uh, I've said it once. I've said it a million times. I want Agent of the Empire. Give me <laughs> James Bond in my Star Wars. Come on, that's totally a show you could get multiple seasons out of. Yeah, yeah. Just a morally ambiguous spy working for the Empire, but he doesn't even really fucking like the Empire. He's just doing it because they're hiring. It'll be. It'd have to be like like an uh, an anti Andor in terms of like, this is the other side of Andor. Here's the spy exactly where andor's like you know no you got to believe in something you got to fight for something or your life is empty and pointless and have this guy be the anti andor and be like it's fucking pays yeah i mean you could you could also say that they're doing that with cyril in andor since he's That's such a true. bootlicking fucking empire Shut, lover yeah. <laughs> he really is and, you know, but, and even like an agent of the empire it's just an excuse to take you cool places and mm -hmm. have james bond stuff is what yeah. it is yeah. Because, you know, they're the ones in power, so they would have the coolest devices and everything. <laughs> also, that's, uh, what is it, goddamn uh, Suicide Squad guy, too, who uh, wrote the bulk of that, Ostrander. John, John Ostrander, yeah. He done all, he's done a lot of Star Wars. He's done, he's done a lot of fucking shit, a lot of great Star Wars, a lot of great DC. I'm pretty sure we have more Twitter followers than him, and that's really sad. Really? Really? Yeah, I know. And I'm like, why do not enough people respect this man for his fucking work? <laughs> That, that breaks my heart, too, because that means you mean to tell me that, like, if I wasn't just, like, some lame-o podcaster and actually, like, wrote down my ideas, even if I got them published, I still wouldn't be famous enough that people <laughs> knew who I was? <laughs> like, shit, he's in The Suicide Squad putting bombs in necks and no one recognized him. <laughs> I'm like, that's him as the guy who's fucking John Ostrander. <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't recognize a lot of writers. This is true, because again, he's he's also a much older writer. You know, he's in the age before social media and constant, like you know, self promotion. Yeah, like there, there's only like a handful of writers that'd be like, hey, so it's like like in uh, Titans this week, Grant Morrison appears as himself. Yeah, I saw and, that. Yeah, that and and that explains where that uh, Star Girl crossover came from. Yeah, I know. I saw the same. It was thing. like, like oh. it was like five seconds. <laughs> I know, so for their last episode, they popped around the multiverse a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm like, all right, fair enough. You know, if this is going to be your last episode anyway, you might as well fucking go for broke. Yeah. <laughs> also, canonically now, Grant Morrison can see into the DC universe and they look back at him. Yeah, makes sense. I, I don't even question it. I'm like, yeah, that, that actually does actually happen. That, that that's real this is this is a documentary now that yeah i i also happens. like it in that scene he was drawing out the multiversity like you know that, that you know that big map he has Love yeah it. yeah I, I thought that was pretty great again that feels like something that would happen in a grant morrison book ah and then the and then the hand of god came down and touched me <laughs> and i knew at that very moment the makeup of the universe <laughs> I, I used to do a much better grant morrison i'm making him sound like scotty <laughs> I mean, he Thank sounds you. like Scotty. 
no, no, he's a, he's a little bit more down here, you know. <laughs> he's a little bit more mischievous. <laughs> you never know what he's going to do or what he's going to say. <laughs> he could be anything. And then I saw the death head scorpions <laughs> when I was doing a lot of peyote in Kathmandu. <laughs> and you won't believe what they told me and what I wrote into Superman. <laughs> yeah, they told me the plot of Green Lantern season one. <laughs> yeah, really. And then I wrote it down. And now they're mad because I didn't give them a writing credit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story Grant Morrison needs to write, that he's just been ripping off his ideas from like these cosmic deities and entities. And now they're really <laughs> pissed off that yeah. they never got credited. So they're suing him. Yeah, yeah. That's the entire story. They're just suing Grant Morrison for money. We're taking this to a higher court, by which we mean a very high court. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was Mandalorians, everyone, and a little Titans. <laughs> yeah, Mandalorian was so good. So good. Sure is. Uh, Want to talk about some of the books we read this week? We won't cover everything. What was the biggest thing you read this week, Matt? What's the thing you just got to talk about? Hmm. We had a Superman this week. We did, we did. But I also had the final issue of Jason Aaron's Avengers run. Oh, shit. Well, then I guess you better talk about this then. Uh, yeah, this was the end of his Avengers Assemble storyline, which basically pulled together this book, Avengers Forever, and like literally everything he's been doing in the last 60 plus issues. Goddamn. And uh, tied it all up. Uh, uh, the devil's plan mephisto and doom of all's plan kind of worked and uh they pierced the god quarry and unleashed like the the rotting waters of like the ancient multiverse that came before this one uh so anything it touches it like corrodes away it eats away and it will flood over the entire multiverse uh, so sounds like we need a general contractor like a plumber to fix that problem yeah oh, yeah geez. Oh, jeez, you see, there's your problem right there. You got the rotten waters there of an old multiverse leaking over everything. I could get my guys in here tomorrow to fix it, but that's only if I could get the part, you know. This is going to... That's literally the story. They spend most of the issue trying to figure out how to plug this leak. Oh, you're going to get mold damage on there. Those are all little universes in and of themselves (laughs) right there with infinite possibilities. (laughs) Um, and yeah, this is all because like we learned that Mephisto wasn't trying to rewrite the universes. He's just trying to wipe them all out and kill himself because you find out this issue, uh, he's like, yeah, the, the, the like owner of hell, the Lord of hell, but even like sin after eons and eons of witnessing it just gets so fucking boring and just like the monotony of it is just worn him down he's like right well i'm just gonna kill myself and everyone else and just erase everything how how very sisyphusian if i end the world i'll end my torment yeah yeah and doom's like yeah the, that you're just too much of a cuck to rule so i'm just gonna <laughs> I, I so i'm just gonna take this power for myself and yeah, that uh, sounds like something dr doom would say for thou art a cock says yeah. the lord of Montberia. <laughs> yeah you're a cuck and i'm a chad yeah <laughs> basically look at this mask look at the chin profile uh he, yeah he takes the power and then is immediately killed by ant-man because <laughs> uh, Ant- Ant-Man uses his like uh, this is the Ant-Man we've been following in uh, Avengers Forever so it's Tony Stark uh, he uses his Stark particles to uh, make the, the little bit of power that, that Doom can can wield massive and it like engulfs him and turns him to stone like every other person who's tried to, to access the God Quarry because you know the God Quarry is just basically the source wall 
in the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah. So it turns him to turns him to stone. Ah. Um, and so they did deal with him and Mephisto, but they still have to deal with this water. So the the giant Avenger mountain appears and like plugs the hole with his hand. Uh, and it, it only lasts a little bit. So then the, the, the phoenixes come in and try and stop it and they run out of power and everything. And then they realize, and then Nighthawk realizes it's just like what T'Challa said way back near the beginning of the run, where it's, it's all going to come down to the Omni Avengers, which is, uh, <laughs> Robbie Reyes and the Starbrand child that they picked up like 30 issues ago, uh, who's, who's now an old woman because the more she uses her power, the more it ages her interesting so brandy's had a whole big story yes yes um and yeah they they decide like okay we've got to like stop this from the inside we have to travel through the firmament and stop it from the other side it's kind of because nothing on this side of reality can stop what's coming oh geez you know we gotta plug the hole from the other side there and that's gonna be going through <laughs> oh no going through may, maybe to the dc universe which we ain't <laughs> never been there before <laughs> um brandy wants to do it because she's like an old lady and it's like she's gonna die regardless or anything but My time is at an end uh but but robbie imprisons her in some chains and speeds his uh his hell charger into the water <laughs> and and Fuck ends yeah. up sealing the crack in a huge explosion which kills him and yeah, the, the book uh, from that point on is just basically wrap up. It's like they've they've saved the multiverse, but the problem is all of the worlds that Doom and the Masters of Evil and Mephisto fucked up the six hundred and fifteen worlds. <laughs> they're still all like fucked up. Oops. But the problem is is that these heroes are like, okay, we can fix them, but in fixing those worlds, it means that we because they are all uh, results of those worlds being fucked up, like the Ant Man uh tony stark is born because of his world getting fucked up by mephisto mm -hmm. and everything so if they revert the worlds back these heroes all cease to exist and some of them are more than happy to sacrifice themselves whereas others like the one of steve rogers uh his, he's like found his place his, his people and he doesn't want to let that go so they're trying to all they're like fighting about like how to fix all this and then we find out that it's not going to be any of them that fix it. It's going to be Starbrand and the uh. original Phoenix, um, who will combine their powers to rebirth this this multiverse. And it's kind of like a great because it's like the first Phoenix. It's the mother Phoenix and the baby Starbrand, the new Starbrand, and they're combining their powers together to rebirth the multiverse. And it ends up killing them both, but they are able to do it. And all these worlds are now back out there and it, it, fresh it to explore also puts a bow on everything jason Aaron yes. was doing where it's like hey i introduced the baby star brand very <laughs> early in my run and i introduced all this new stuff with the phoenix very early in my run and now mm -hmm. i'm putting the toys back in the box here in the final issue yes yes he's, put, he's putting it all back together and then yeah the, the rest of the book is just like uh cleaning up everything the the, the avengers one million find that there's they, they make multiple eyes of agamotto so they can better protect <laughs> protect the world and they they see people like like mutants being born and more ghost riders coming and they, they they're going to go off to find who who's willing to help save the world namor is put in prison for when he uh went against the avengers oh, yeah. with the challenges of the deep that. and he's he's more than happy to go in prison because he, he knows he was wrong um so he's put in prison and he's no longer an avenger or the king of atlantis that'll that'll be really good when another writer picks up on that yeah yeah uh avengers mountain went with uh avenger prime to the god quarry and is now like the avenger tower there oh. and they're 
his team, Loki's team there, is running like the Howling Commandos, which is just made up of various different Steve Rogers <laughs> and the Carol Corps. And uh, his I own like little event, his own little Avenger team, which is like the Ant Man and and all those characters, uh, and they they they're like exploring all these newly birthed uh, Marvel universes out there. So that, hopefully we get to see them again. Challengers of unknown, you could say. Yeah, yeah, the challenges of the unknown, um, and yeah, they they're, they're waiting for the next day like any other, and uh. <laughs> and and we find out that they're not the only ones because deep in the in the darkness uh, of the, the first firmament, Robbie Reyes is still alive and he's building mm. his car, getting ready to oh, come back. Cool. Yeah. What a what, what a good run he had. I'm glad that Aaron did something with Robbie yeah. and leaves him in, I guess, a position for another writer to maybe do some shit with him. I always felt Robbie was very underserved and he could have done so much more. Yeah, I like that he was he was the main Avenger for a long time. He really was, yeah, and that Aaron, even though I feel did not read the other series, he at least did not give up on him. No, no. Didn't give up on him at all. Well, shit, I mean, I guess if we're giving Aaron his due... Should also talk about Punisher 11, the penultimate issue of that came out this week. Ooh. Oh, shit's wild, man. Shit's real wild. Ooh. So Aaron probably offers the biggest retcon to Punisher's story in this issue right here. Mm-hmm. It's huge, and yet it's so simple, and it's kind of a face-palming, like, well, yeah, no, duh, situation. Because as we've been seeing in the weeks and months leading up to the castles all getting murdered in Central Park... The relationship between Frank and Maria was deteriorating anyway because the Punisher is basically inevitable and Frank was always going to end up fucked up one way or mm -hmm. another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here we discover right before the bullet started flying in Central Park, Maria asked for a divorce. <gasps> oh, no. And she was going to take the kids that day. Oh, no. And then the bullet started flying. And I'm like, well, yeah, obviously, of course. Duh, that makes sense. Honestly, good for Aaron to actually give Maria some real, like, you know, agency over yeah. her own life. But then it gets better. Because in the present, Maria's like, hey, Ninja, take me to the archive room. I want to see what my husband was up to in all these years that I've been dead. So she sees every kill the Punisher ever committed <laughs> in her name and the name of the children. Oh, no. <laughs> and understandably, she is horrified. It's like, you avenged us a million times over and you didn't stop. You yeah. filled entire graveyards with yeah, dead. Yeah, like when you think about it, like he killed like the people responsible like decades ago. <laughs> yep, and you kept going and going. I do not see my husband when I look at you anymore. Maybe I lost him a long time ago. You, you are a beast. You are the beast. That's that's cool. I I like as well that that also really doesn't break any continuity wise because no. we've just seen it all from frank's point of view and he thought oh it was all happy like my wife loved mm -hmm. me my kids loved me you know it was all good and and it's like no he he's a bit like of a schizo so you know yeah he's he, he, he was all the punisher is inevitable maybe he wouldn't yeah. have had a skull maybe he wouldn't have had a gimmick but he was always going to be hurting other people or himself there would have been no happy ending for him mm -hmm. oh chem dog in the chat saying jason aaron actually created the divorce idea for his out of continuity punisher matron oh so he's canonizing an idea he had before that's cool makes sense that's all right. I did. You know what? I do remember that now. Actually, people forget Aaron had a short-lived Punisher Max run too, where he fought canonized Kingpin and canonized uh, Bullseye. Yeah, right. That was a pretty solid one too. Okay, that checks out. But yeah, so it looks like going into the final issue here, the battle won't be Frank versus the Beast or Frank versus the High Priest. It's gonna be Frank versus his wife. 
That's cool. That's cool. It's it's cool, and it's like, well, yeah, who's the only person who could properly ever deliver punishment yeah. to Frank himself? Yeah. She is his punishment. She is his reckoning. And I'm like, fuck, that's really good. That's like, how is he going to get out of this one? Yeah. Well, I, I have to assume he'll he'll have to die. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again. Well, I mean, technically, he didn't die before this run. He just, like, faked his death. He, he fell off a roof, which actually I was a little disappointed because Frank and Black Widow actually have a scene in this issue. Yeah, and they don't mention that at all. They don't. They do mention where it's like, oh, you know, Black Widow is totally closer to the Punisher than anyone else on the Avengers. And she's like, look, I want to do what I can to help Maria, which is kind of interesting because she's a zombie and Black Widow is technically still a clone. Mm -hmm. But no, they don't do that. Believe it or not, Frank gets the best scene with Doctor Strange. Really? Yes, because Aaron leans on his own Doctor Strange run with Steven getting all pissed at Frank and reading him the riot act, being like, do you have any idea what you using these magic powers has wrought? No, you don't, because you're a dummy who doesn't know magic. There's like mothers being born with your uh, mothers giving birth to horned babies and monks in Poland having their faces boil and melt off. Magic has a price, you fucker. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad someone's finally like told him that. <laughs> Yeah, I've been running around for months trying to clean up your mess, and then he, like, creates, like, an Agamotto axe and, like, plunges it into Frank's chest, and it still oh, nice. doesn't stop him. Nice. It's really good. And the best part, too, Frank is like, why are you guys attacking me? I already had my epiphany in the last issue. <laughs> I know the beast is bad. I know the hand is evil. I already learned my lesson. They're like, we're not going to listen to you now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, that's great. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It all works, and it all comes full circle, and it's honestly, Aaron kind of pulled off a fucking magic trick in this one, because, like, I went into the book thinking it was all going to be about, you know, like, current events and current issues and everything, <laughs> and, you know, bad actors stealing Punisher iconography for themselves, and that's what it kind of looked at at first, but then Aaron flips the script and actually makes it like a story about Frank having to face his own punishment in the very end. Yeah, yeah. It's shockingly well so done. Good shockingly put together like again this this is just a story that works and shows that like yeah when aaron puts his goddamn mind to something he makes fucking magic that's so cool it really is uh let's talk about superman too uh because why not uh that was a good one wasn't it oh was it ever it's the, the the first uh or the last issue of like the parasite story uh as it were and, and we get we get to see like a little bit more of like uh williamson setting up this whole lex superman mm -hmm. team dynamic yeah yeah which is really cool and very as i said in my review is a very like uh animated series inspired you it, know it totally is it's it's a little hannibal lecter too where yeah. like you know superman is leaning on lex but also a wonderful reversal of fortunes because this whole story starts with lex being like Ooh, and i'll whisper in your ear i'll be the devil on your shoulder and eventually you'll need to come to me but here superman's like no no no, we are gonna work together but you're gonna do so much good working with me yeah that you're not even gonna believe and i'm gonna be the angel on your shoulder and you're not yeah. even gonna know it he's kind of turned turned it on lex and, and and it goes back to like what he was talking about with Lois, where Lois tells him like, if you want to understand what Lex is doing, you have to play this game with him. Mm -hmm. and it's and like it's, you just don't play it on his on his on his terms. Do things you, you that are gonna like surprise him, like give him the signal watch. 
give him a signal watch. Probably one of the only gifts someone has actually ever given Lex and meant it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's very sweet. Yeah. It's a nice moment. Uh, I, I love to, you know, we're bringing a lot of material out of uh, Clark having to hide his secret identity again. Mm-hmm. So after the zombie threat is over, he's like, hey, everyone, I was in the bathroom. What did I miss? <laughs> and I like how uh, how Jimmy like, notes that this isn't the first time that's happened either. <laughs> keeps keeps using the same excuses over and over again uh it's great we get more like cool like uh like the animated series he gets like alternate costumes this time like an an anti-parasite hazmat costume love it love the colors love the whole thing yeah it's it's great It's, it's some great stuff Love that Superman manages to trick Rudy into helping clean up the parasites because he's always a shit kicker who keeps aiming so low. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just eat those clones of you because they have all the power you want. Okay. (laughs) And that's why Parasite has always been a lower tier villain because he doesn't really care about much except eating. He's never wanted to rule the world. He only occasionally wants to fight Superman. And it just goes to show, like, like, because obviously he was... Uh, being somewhat controlled by like Graft and Doctor Farm and their like yeah. radiation they put in with him. If if he like just thought about it just for a minute, for a minute. He, he could be like a like a world ending threat. <laughs> He's a lot like Absorbing Man from Marvel in that yeah, way, where it's yeah. like you you are greatly limited by your own mental capacity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you only aimed a little higher, and I like we already know what villain they're going to try to empower next: Silver Banshee. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're going after silver banshee and they've got uh bizarro there as well and they've like cut his head off for some reason we do not know yet. yeah do you reckon someone do you reckon the guy in the wheelchair is going to put his head on mm. on bizarro's body because that's that's like totally a mad scientist Move, frankenstein yeah. thing to do i mean he is called dr graft so you know yeah. grafting his head on other people's bodies would be pretty baller yeah and he is disabled as well so and yeah. to put him on that's like the best body you could have it's like a superman body naturally yeah yeah which means superman would probably have to work with the head of bizarro again <laughs> oh, yeah itself. hell yeah <laughs> Yeah, starts bringing the head. Maybe he adopts the head of Bizarro and he just lives at the condo with him and the rest of the Superman family. <laughs> they they feed him chips every so often. <laughs> Again, geez, you know, I'd put you in the zoo, but I thought you'd just like it better here in Metropolis. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bizarro's not always bad. Sometimes no. he's also a member of the Superman family. Yeah, so it depends on who's writing him. Yeah, sometimes he can actually be quite helpful. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah superman is great just feels so good and wholesome doesn't it It feels like Mm. classic superman but with new and interesting like twists and updating it does yeah yeah i'm very much looking forward to seeing uh what they do with silver banshee there's also hints that lois is investigating that uh marilyn moonlight Mm, uh woman who who appeared so getting to learn a bit more about her uh, as well as like building up to whatever williamson has got cooking with uh brainiac assumedly yeah lex said and another big evil thing is coming that you don't even know about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is totally like and there's also going to be a big superman event coming soon <laughs> superman that you'll have to get it'll cross over all these books yeah i'm happy with that i'm fine uh, i'm happy with it too it's it feels so good it feels like putting on a nice warm pair of familiar shoes the exact opposite of what's going on in spider-man right now where everything feels feels wrong and uncomfortable and why (laughs) 
Do you want you want to hear about this, Mac? I do. I do. Yes. Yes. Therapy session. Yes. Yes. I want to hear about it. (laughs) So in the last issue, Spider-Man burned every bridge under the sun by punching Captain America and trying to steal from the Fantastic Four Mm -hmm. to try and get back to another dimension where Mary Jane was left because of Mayan blood gods. Oh, my God. Just just ditching like all the Mayan blood gods thing. It's just such like. (laughs) <laughs> like a it's, cuck thing to do to want to i need to go back where my wife loves me <laughs> it's 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 one of the worst combinations of like this is very stupid and also needlessly complicated <laughs> it and is I, yeah and i really thought i'm like okay well this last issue is the worst you know the last issue is you know they're they're getting it out there you know wells clearly wrote himself into a corner by changing the status quo six months ago and saying everyone hates spider-man now so he needs to come up with a reason for why they hate him surely now we're gonna buckle down hey maybe we'll get a whole mary jane issue and see what she was doing in those missing years maybe they'll make her a character again maybe we'll figure this out no we double the fuck down on peter burning his bridges it gets so much worse So last issue, he tried to steal from the Fantastic Four. This issue, he actually does break in there in the dead of night and steal from the Fantastic Four and then fights them. Oh, God damn it. He he can't explain to Reed Richards why he needs this dangerous quantum reactor, but he can web Mr. Fantastic in the eyes and punch him. <laughs> and make fun of him. And the only reason he manages to escape the Baxter building when they lock it down is because Johnny is also stupid and Johnny flames on and, like, knocks Spider-Man out of the building. And they're like, Johnny, now he's gone. He's like, oh, no, I really human-torched this one up. Oh, no. (laughs) So here's a bit, like, there's a big problem here. This story can only work if everyone is being absolutely stupid all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone has to not be themselves. Uh, the only person who is willing to help Peter in this insane endeavor is Norman Osborn, because Norman is desperately trying to show Peter that, you know, he's willing to change after losing his sins. And, like, this is supposed to be dramatic, because it's like, oh, Peter has turned to his most hated enemy. But we've seen in Gold Goblin and everything else in six months in the future, Norman is actually telling the truth and actually putting in the work. Yeah, yeah. So, so it doesn't work at all, this, like, back and forth they're trying to have. Oh, uh, Peter just didn't steal from the Fantastic Four either. He stole from Iron Man, and he stole from Moon Girl. He stole from a fucking child. <laughs> Spider-Man steals from children now, everybody. He takes candy from babies. Oh, no. <laughs> KT, look, I'm a black man working retail, and I'm a Spider-Man fan. Aggrieved is my default setting. <laughs> man, put that on a shirt. I will buy two. Cowboy helping us out too. Joel, do you think too many people are contributing to the storyline or just Zeb Wells not knowing the history of Peter's character or him in the suit? Dude, Wells has written multiple runs. Wells wrote Spider-Man in the Beyond Saga and wrote him before in Brand New Day. Wells knows his Spider-Man. I, I truly, and I've said this time and time again, I think this is all editorial. It is, yeah. And- Wells is just carrying water for these people. They they gave him a status quo when he came on the book. We'll let you write the book, but we don't want Peter and Mary Jane to be together, and we want the superhero community to hate him, and we want him to be working together with Norman because we have all this Gold Goblin stuff planned. That's mm-hmm. why I think he had to take two months off there in between because he didn't know what he was going to write. Now he had two months to think about it, and this was the best he could come up with. Yeah, yeah. No, th- this is absolutely all editorial. This is okay, you know, I because why else wouldn't he start here? 
Why yeah. would he mystery box it? Why would he not start here if he didn't not know what he was going to do? Because he probably didn't know what he was going to do. He's like, well, I got to do Dark Web, so I'm already planning for an event, which is another thing that I'm sure he didn't want to do because none mm -hmm. of the other guys had to do an event so early on in their run, but he did. Yeah. I'm sure that's why editorial and the big bosses at Marvel like Wells because he's a big name but not as big as Spencer and Slot, so they can bully him and he'll do whatever they tell him to do. It sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, and the book continues to sell. It continues to sell, like, higher than most of the other books, so I'm sure Wells is like, well, I have a number one top-selling book, which means when I'm eventually off this and off to something else, then it won't really matter. <laughs> they they also answer another question that I wasn't asking, but apparently they thought we really cared about. At the beginning of this series, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, is working undercover at Norman's company. Mm-hmm. And they never explain why. This issue does. Apparently, Norman can only conduct his evil experiments in New Jersey, of which Kamala Khan is the sole hero of. She walks in on Norman and Peter doing their crazy interdimensional travel experiment. She's like, ah, he must be doing fucking evil. I better keep an eye on him. Why can he only do it in New Jersey? <laughs> only New Jersey. Is that, is, uh, okay, so that's because they realize, oh, yeah, Miss Marvel is like part of the story now because we wrote that way back when uh just said it in jersey because she operates out of jersey because we, we have to circle back to it somehow Fuck i guess me, man. also too the ridiculous hand-waving techno mumbo jumbo reason they give for why spider-man can't get back to this alternate blood god dimension in any of the hundred pre-established ways he why can't he use magic why can't he use uh his little spider teleporter why can't he use any of the other ways we know to like friggin' go through dimensions and norman's reason is like well when you came back to this universe you fell through the portal so hard you closed it behind you so i need to build you a new suit to punch through it <laughs> And I'm like, that is the worst, most hand-wavy reason. You know, they should have just used, uh, like, what happened in Avengers Assemble. Oh, all the other worlds have been destroyed. You can't yeah. access them. Can't access them right now. That's that's the dumb hand-wavy reason they give. Spider-Man gets back there. Uh, he defeats Rabin, but because time is different, Mary Jane and Paul now seemingly have two, two kids who are the same age as they were when they left, which again, they don't say those are our kids. They just say, oh, it's my family. So either they adopted those kids or a theory that I've seen other people have. Mary Jane was already pregnant when she left. So they actually are Peter and uh, her kids. Mm. And of course, Peter. And, of course, Peter takes this like a total incelly dweeb. He's like, oh, I saved you, Mary Jane. Kiss me on the lips right now. And she's like, no, not in front of the children. And then we see the children. And he's like, no. Yeah, and then he goes and shoots up a school or something. Yeah, and then a lot of guys in the comment section who, you know, uh, friggin' superimpose themselves on Peter way too much say that Mary Jane is a strumpet and a harlot. And I'm like, you have never known the touch of a fucking woman, have you? <laughs> <laughs> and then they tipped their fedoras very angrily <laughs> you know she, she's not a high value woman anymore <laughs> it's and some other totally unhinged bullshit where it's like you you guys put way too much of yourself in this fucking character and your your yeah. weird your weird opinions on women are bleeding through i'm sure your yeah. mothers and sisters are very worried about you <laughs> yeah well yeah um, well th this all just sounds like amazing it's just incredible. 
it's you know what it's it really is where I'm like, well, this can't get any worse. Surely, when because I was thinking to myself, well, surely when we're done dark web, because that was an editorial mandate, stuff will have to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Then this story, and I'm like, okay, well, this is really bad. But surely when we're done, we'll get more stuff like when Zeb Wells started. You know, we'll get back to business. Yeah, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, as I've been saying, the book needs a hard reboot. Maybe. I, I don't even know anymore, man. KT, the fan reaction for that shocking issue 26 may be even funnier since it drops the same week as Spider-Man's. Oh, does it really? I did not know that. <laughs> That's going to be very Miles is now married to M- MJ. Man, if they did that, I'd be fine with that. I, I mean, technically, I still think he's, like, underage. He's still going to high school. Oh, they went to the future or something. It's like an older oh. Miles. Or Miguel O'Hara is. <laughs> they, they, they went to Utah, you see. <laughs> Yeah, Texas. They went to one of, yeah. yeah, they went to one of those weird states where it's legal. <laughs> Again, the preacher there being like, well, I don't much care for this interracial uh, marriage, but I do care for the underage portion of it. You're okay. <laughs> Maybe this is like the universe where like Peter becomes like like the Marvel Andrew Tate. <laughs> where he just starts a podcast yeah. with Jay Jonah Jameson and he's just really upset all the time. Yeah, he's always railing against women and, and, and minorities. You, you know, you say that, Matt, and obviously we're joking and have a fun time and, you know, we're extrapolating for comedic effect. I have seen some truly out of their goddamn mind conspiracy theories yeah, from people in yeah. my comment sections where they're like, this is part of Marvel's long-term plan to ruin straight white Spider-Man yeah, and replace yeah. him with gay person of color Miles. And I'm like, what fucking book are you reading? Also, <laughs> the the book sells very fucking well. Yeah, what yeah, do you, yeah. What do you think is going on here? Yeah, no, it's all those, it's those people who don't, even know what the word woke means it woke for them is just this is just something that i, I kind like. of dislike yeah yes that there's i i believe in a hundred different conspiracies at once and this is one of them yeah yeah uh, I, I like Sal's theory, actually. Uh, my other co-host uh, from Comic Pop there, he's like, wouldn't it be hilarious if this book like stole a page from that Futurama movie and we find out that Paul is just Peter like from a future? From a future, yeah. Where, where he came back in time and he's like more mature now and everything. And like, you know, he's trying to make a life with Mary Jane. I I, I had like, it's like just keeping with like all the insane stuff. I was like, oh, what if like this is like Paul is like uh, uh, an alternate universe, like Uncle Ben. <laughs> and P- Peter must kill Paul to, to, to win. <laughs> to <Jane> win. <laughs> yeah, so he has to <laughs> kill Uncle Ben. <laughs> because Mary Jane is a prize. This woman is a prize. Yeah. And, you know, what relationship she's in is apparently very important. That's the thing that blows me away, too, when I'm reading this. I'm like, I don't give a fuck if Spider-Man is in a relationship. But I've never cared. He's no, had lots yeah. of girlfriends before. Yeah. He'll have a lot of girlfriends after this. Why, why do most fans, and especially the company themselves why do they care so much and why do so yeah. many bad decisions for spider-man be born out of his relationship to mary jane we gotta undo the marriage before so we'll make a deal with the devil oh well it looked like they were getting back together and maybe getting married again well fuck we gotta ruin that now with mayan blood gods and guys named paul and kids that may or may not be their own it's so weird i i would say they have a problem with like heroes getting married but they really don't because of like obviously we've got like the fantastic four daredevil got married yeah recently yeah daredevil like all these characters who are able to do it and america has a family now yeah and and keep it like consistent and then not have it constantly being ripped up but when it comes to spider-man it's just so strange there's a lot of editorial weirdness they're like look we can't change it too much 
mm-hmm. can't change it too much because Peter must always stay preserved in amber the way we like him. But we also can't not change anything because if we do, fans will get bored and bored fans stop reading, but angry fans keep reading. Tim Seeley told me that one time. Yeah, well, it's very true. And I think he was onto something because here's the thing. Everyone is royally pissed about this book. My views on the book have never been higher. Yeah, yeah. Again, that they, they, they because they know it's bad, they were, oh, oh, we need to see this. Yeah, rage and indignation sells, mm-hmm. which is probably a bad way to treat your audience and probably won't work in the long term. <laughs> it's like they figured out that like, oh, a lot of those like YouTube grifters just like do it just because they know like their outrage sells so like we'll just apply that to comic books and, and that's what i keep telling people too when they get like really mad and indignant it's like aren't you pissed off it's like no not really because if i was to be really pissed off about it and talk about it at nauseam then i'm doing marvel's marketing job for them mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. what they want by getting angry about this and posting it everywhere on like reddit and social media everything you talk about you're doing their marketing for them and you're doing it for free. (laughs) There's also the fact that you're a level-headed person who realizes that these are fictional characters. Yeah, it's fictional and also like, well, this will never last. This will change. It might change in six months. It might change in six years, but it'll change. Yeah, yeah. Again, comics are always, always changing. Yeah, the only consistency is change. And sometimes (laughs) they're good, sometimes they're bad. They're going to change, and there's going to be another boneheaded Spider-Man decision after this. Maybe the next writer will bring Mary Jane and Peter back together, and maybe the next guy will flip the board. We don't know. And maybe I'm wrong, too, because, like, I keep throwing it at the feet of editorial. But I know, like, the editorial guy before this even, Paul Wacker, was the guy that everyone hated. And now there's a new editorial guy, and it looks like most of the stuff at the top still hasn't changed. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe this was Zeb Wells' great idea, and maybe he thought everyone would love it. I don't know. I mean, there could also just be the fact that maybe there is something set in stone at Marvel for Spider-Man, regardless of who editorial is, that even they have to adhere to. Maybe. Like, the, the higher-ups above them have said, no, you can't have this, kind of that. It has to be this specific, you know, run through Spider-Man. All, all I know is the Miles book continues to be great, and apparently <laughs> in issue eight, he's fighting the Hobgoblin, and I'm like, oh, good, that'll nice. be fun. Nice. I, I, think he, I think he's fighting Kingsley, because Kingsley is back. I think when he fought Hobgoblin before, it was a different Hobgoblin, so he's yes. actually fighting this guy for the first time. Oh, cool, that's cool. Yeah. Miles' book is great. Thanks, Cody Ziegler, for showing us that actually you can write good Spider-Man that, again, feels warm and familiar, but also is playing with new ideas and telling new stories at the same time. And it's it's really strange as well, because, like, especially in recently, it's like Miles's popularity has just, like, exploded to the fact the that... The movie helps. Yeah, yeah I, again, yeah, because of, like, the movie and the video game and everything. So, so like, you would think that, like then they then the editorial would like glom onto that as well and be like no it has to have like these specific like like peter has to have these specific things in it you know he can't mm-hmm. you know be in a relationship with this person he has to be after this person you know all this sort of stuff but it hasn't happened i i think it's a generational thing too because obviously the people in positions of power at marvel publishing and an editorial are like twice our age mm. I think it's a generational thing, and maybe it's something that will stop eventually in the corporate culture when those guys inevitably retire or die. Who knows? Well, I mean, I I think that thing will stop it. Then we'll get people who, With you know, are, crazy are, who are like our age or younger and have their own mindsets of like, okay, it needs to be this, 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 and this, and it can't be anything else. 
I, I know uh, Brian Michael Bendis, when he was working on Spider-Man, you know, when fans would yell at him about stuff, he would, like, give them, like, a response that, like, he was clearly copying and pasting, where it's like, look, I'll give you the answer I give everyone else. And, like, really, there was a lot of, like, it was a big, long thing. It was, like, multiple paragraphs of, like, and this is why we do it, <laughs> is the thing. And this is why it is the way it is. And it's like, okay, like, obviously that probably makes sense to you inside the machine, but sounds like actual gibberish to us. Mm, mm. Maybe, yeah, you have to you, be in the in the business to understand what's happening. You got to be in the room where it happens. And maybe that sort of power does just have, like, this mind-melting effect on you. Yeah, yeah. Again, apparently the arc after this is going to be a Doc Ock arc. I think Wells has really... Uh, thrived when it comes to writing the classic villains loved what he did with tombstone liked what he did with vulture hobgoblin stuff was okay maybe he'll have something fun for you know uh, doc ock and maybe once mm. this story is done maybe we can finally blissfully fucking move on to something else because that's the big thing too that it's just hung over for so long like well what's the mystery though what's the answer to the six months it's like well if we keep thinking about this then i'm not thinking about the story i'm reading am i yeah did they ever explain that because there was that that whole thing where like peter was in like a nuclear crater uh yes that was uh excess multiversal energy uh. that he crashed into a big uh, crater and exploded he didn't kill anyone but for some reason the government got very angry at him and also chased him around for a little bit because they thought he was a terrorist or something and then that doesn't get brought up in this issue either <laughs> and, and that's and that only happened because peter left his suit behind so that's the only reason they knew it was spider-man yeah right <laughs> Because he just left his suit and ran away for some boneheaded reason. <laughs> As you do, yeah. It, it may no goddamn. It's just literally like we need to turn the entire world on Spider-Man, but I don't know how we do it and also tell this MJ story. So we need to make some complex time traveling. You know what? It hit me. It hit me that this Spider-Man story we're reading right now is a really bad version of a really excellent Agents of Shield story. You remember. Where, what is it, where Simmons got sent to space, she got sent to another planet where time also worked differently, mm -hmm. and she met an astronaut guy there, and they fell in love, yeah. and they had, like, years worth of life, yes. well, back on Earth, Fitz was, like, breaking his back to try and save her, and everyone's like, she's dead, man, she's gone, you gotta let it go, and he's like, no, I can't let it go, I'm so in love with her, and, like, that was sweet and romantic and tragic and beautiful and everything, and the astronaut guy died, before uh what is it simmons could come back and it was a big question of like oh will she tell him about this whole other life she lived and this other guy she loved and everything remember how that was great and mm -hmm. like really good science fiction and yeah. sweet tragic and all these things that's the good version and this spider-man story is the bad version of that <laughs> And it doesn't help, too, that Mary Jane has no character. We have yet to yeah. actually spend any time with Mary Jane. I was going to say, yeah, we haven't, like, from what I've read of the book and seen, like, barely, like, she's basically in, like, these scenes where Peter discovers something about Paul or, like, the kids yep. or something. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. That's not a Zeb Wells problem either. It's been like that forever. Mary Jane hasn't been a character in almost 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. probably since, like, one more day, one more minute in time. She she ceased to be a character. She is a mouthpiece for writers. She's a MacGuffin. She's a prize to be won. Someone to occasionally be kidnapped. There is very little character in MJ anymore. I don't know what she wants. I don't know what her aspirations are. I don't know what she hates because she she's not a character. Yeah, it's even more, like, hilarious when you think about it. What did she, like, had, like, her recently had, like, her own book. 
and yep. it's like well nothing that was like mainly just like to deal with like mysterio stuff uh, and that book was also basically just to get her away from what yeah. uh spencer was doing so yeah. spider-man couldn't pop the question to her mm-hmm. so they could finally get married they needed to put her somewhere else yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they needed to put her somewhere else to continue to put more mileage in between well why doesn't peter just propose to her and also that series opened up with oh we're back together we love each other again we never really saw them go out on a date no, or do no. anything or have any <laughs> conversations we were just told they were together because no one knows how to actually write yeah. peter and mj interacting <laughs> anymore and in truth yeah it's been so long i don't fucking know how it sounds anymore oh it's it's good it's good yeah <laughs> It's great. It's great. It's wonderful. It's a great time for Spider-Man. And again, you contrast and compare that to Superman and Lois right now, where they love each other and they're living together and they're working together and it's all so great and it all works and it just feels so effortless and it's like, yeah, yeah that's what Superman and Lois feel yeah. like. Yeah, it's, it, they make it look so easy. <laughs> they really they really do. They make that they make that look so easy and they make Spider-Man look so fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, onward and upward, Matt. You want to talk about some new books that we got coming out this week that people can check out? Sure, sure. I I know for a fact that Green Arrow starts up this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my reward for doing all the shitty Spider Man. <laughs> Joshua Williamson finally gonna give me a big sloppy Green Arrow kiss <laughs> that I've been waiting for. Uh, we got Action Comics ten fifty four. Nice, nice. More, more Metallo stuff, more twin stuff from Philip Kennedy Johnson. Yeah, I saw Superman get some new power. Ooh, fun. Yeah, you make, can make a big construct of himself. Oh, nice. How very golden age. Yeah, big blue construct. Uh, we got Daredevil number 10. Shit got really fucked up at the end of the last Daredevil. <laughs> and this issue is just, it looks like Matt just dragging himself across the snow and there's blood everywhere. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, yep, that's about right. That's where he was. <laughs> uh, we got Thor 33. Thor looks like uh, uh, an evil redheaded villain has his hammer and Dr. Doom's just hanging off of the side going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. God, I, I really wish I was back reading Thor. I really, B- Banner of War really fucked me up. Because <laughs> I had to stop reading both because I kept meaning to catch up. Uh, speaking of which, hey, Hulk 14, the big brutal finale. Oh, nice. We got that. We got Green Arrow number one. Yee, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Invincible Iron Man number five. You and I are really liking what Doug is yeah, doing. Yeah, it's great. Emma Frost is on the cover of this one, looking all Emma Frosty. Uh, she's doing the rounds. She was in Captain America recently. She is. You can't escape her right now. She's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, Black Cat Mary Jane number five. Wait, that's still coming out. That's still a thing. Oh, really? I thought that was just a tie-in. Also, she apparently still has powers in that book. I guess that's a thing Amazing Spider-Man has also not answered yet, why she has powers, or did. They're not tying that. They they can't possibly be tying that back to Infinite Destinies, where Black Cat got the fucking... I can't remember which Infinity Stone it was. Well, it's Mary Jane who has the power. She's got, like, weird casino oh, oh, powers. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, cause, oh, yeah that's, compl- that's, that's totally right, yeah. Oh. Jesus fucking christ jackpot powers yeah just makes me unhappy the more i think about it (laughs) we have the next part of cold war captain america which does make me happy because it's very good it's very good yeah uh we got the finale of sins of sinister we got sins of sinister dominion number one i still haven't read nightcrawlers from this week the penultimate but they're they're building up to some pretty big shit i'm doing yeah i'm doing a big catch up the next couple of days on that but yeah it's been very exciting 
Nice. Got the Strange Academy finale for those who are reading that. That's still uh, going on. Apparently so. It's the finale. They're calling it the finale, number six. Jesus. Uh, we got Star Wars, Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red. Ooh, nice. So there you go. You got that one coming on. Uh, we got some more Captain Britain. We got some Lethal Protector. We got some Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah, Monica Rambeau had her own Photon book. Fuck me. Yeah, yeah. Gargoyles is still going strong. I really meant to read that. Nice. Got another Avengers Beyond. Got another Clobbering Time. Uh, Star Wars The High Republic. Uh, Adventures Quest for the Jedi, number one. Getting a new one out of that. Nice. So, yeah, lots of good stuff going on there. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Bane of Blastar. That's not connected to it. It looks to be like a new series, like a new mini. Cool, cool. That, 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 new, that new Guardians series started up, and it's pretty fucking good. It is. Oh, fuck. Ralph Macchio is writing this Guardians of the Galaxy book. Is it the Ralph? Because I think there's two of them. Uh, I, I don't think. know if it's... Uh, uh, okay, yeah, this guy has an extensive uh, comic background, so no, it's not yeah. the Karate Kid. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I remember I saw his name uh, on something before. I'm like, what? what? And this is a different guy. They, they should get that Ralph Macchio and the real Ralph Macchio to write a book together. They should just fight to see who gets to be the real Ralph Macchio. <laughs> well, geez, I mean, the actor knows Kung Fu, so that's going to be rough. <laughs> yeah, but the other one might, like, own a gun. Mmm, true enough. You can bring anything you want to the fight. <laughs> uh, hey, I mentioned Tim Seeley earlier. Well, he's got more good stuff coming. Money Shot, his space sex comedy, is coming back for another run called Money Shot Comes Again. <laughs> oh, speaking of, I picked up... I think it was Jerry Duggan's recent, like, kaiju book. Great. Ooh, he's got a kaiju book? <laughs> he does. I'm like, oh, I'm really excited. I'm going to review this from a channel. There is no way I can review this without getting demonetized. Filthy. Oh, uh, there's a double-page spread of, like, this Godzilla thing just hanging dong. Fuck and, yeah, like, like, the whole guy. idea is, like, oh, it comes to, comes to like, wreck a town because it's it's horny nice and and it's like these people trying to figure out okay well what can we have it fuck to get it to fuck <laughs> off you know is it's 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 great it's a fan, fan fucking tastic book but there's no way i can cover it or like show any pages on it <laughs> you know what i like about that story it's relatable <laughs> we don't get a lot of relatable books but i relate to horny monsters destroying cities <laughs> uh oh shit we got a freaking uh miracle man collection coming out oh another one yeah, Miracle Man Tales. Uh, this is Miracle Man number one from '85. Warrior one to eleven. Miracle Man Special one. AI nineteen ninety eight number one. All together in one book. Jesus. Now, hey, now people are like, oh, geez, why would I want that? Uh, probably because a lot of these stories have never actually been collected outside yeah. of Britain. So yeah, yeah, they they very rarely get printed. And if Miracle Man's going to be important again, and they keep threatening he's going to be, <laughs> they do, they do, don't they? Every so often, and then it keeps not happening. Which yeah. I wonder, like, are they are they getting cold feet, or are they just they, really, really edging us on it? They've been teasing it for for years now, like like a long, long time. Like, oh, he's he's going to come back. He's going to be a big thing in the Marvel universe. When that book finally comes out, they should call it Miracle Man Comes Again. <laughs> Is what they should call it. We've been waiting. Now he's finally here. Get ready. <laughs> Open up, everyone. <laughs> also, they got a book called Black Sheep that looks to be about samurais. 
It's written by a guy I've never heard of from a comic company I've never heard of. <laughs> that's but, always fun when you see like, oh, that's a comic company. Like, it's like, yeah. who are these people? <laughs> if if I thought the channel would like it, and I thought that I could pay my rent doing it, I literally was going to do a series like Wheel of the Worst, where I got a fucking wheel and I just spin it around. It's like, and this week I'm covering uh, this one. Uh, Cyberfrog, yay! <laughs> yeah, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, that would happen too. Right, like okay, I tried to weed out all the racist and racist. It's, it, it's like it's like the thinnest like like pie on piece of pie on like the circle, and it always yep. somehow lands on it. <laughs> well, it's either that or I would get the sex pervert books, of which there's plenty of that. I'd be like, oh, I got monster hanging dong. All right, gotta talk about this or weird self insert furry book, self published. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's really try and dig deep into this one, I guess. <laughs> uh but thank you everyone for watching and listening we really appreciate it we hope you like kind of the new format on the show here we've got to pare down the books we talk about but we try and make sure the books that we do talk about we can have great conversations with and i think we did that yeah yeah fuck fuck spider-man <laughs> yeah fuck, fuck spider-man let's talk about monsters hanging dong and money shot coming again <laughs> Which, hey, that's a great answer to Red Guy's question. What's a book you have read recently but didn't cover for the channel that you like? Uh, money Shots, fucking hilarious. Yeah, so we... like Money Shot or like, yeah, um, The Great Cockjew, which is this this uh, Jerry Duggan book. Yeah, there's there's a lot of books I'd love to cover, but just like even can't. I know I won't be able to because of the content or just can't. Like the, the book, do you know, you know the book Scalped? Yes. Yeah, I want to fucking cover that, but no way I can. It's an excellent series. It's it, I think it's probably the first Jason Aaron thing I read, actually. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, no way I can. Yeah, I'm really disappointed because Scout was almost a TV show. I know, right? In fact, Taylor Sheridan worked on the pilot that they didn't pick up, and I am damn certain that he stole the character of Red Crow and just repurposed it for uh, Yellowstone. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm 100%. It's like, fuck, I really like this character. I'm just putting him in Yellowstone. I'm like, you know what? That's fine because I love that actor and I love that you keep hiring Native people. <laughs> As you should. They don't get enough good roles on television. You seem to give them all the roles in your TV and movies. <laughs> so keep up. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Again, I was worried the show might be short this week that we wouldn't have um, as much to talk <laughs> about, but it's almost <laughs> goddamn midnight over here. There's <laughs> always the always the way. <laughs> yeah, again, Joel's like, what's Joel saying that he's trying to pare down the show and make it shorter? No, you're not. You've given us two <laughs> two hour episodes back to back, making it longer. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I need to do. I need to come in with the idea to make the show longer, and then when I do, <laughs> then the show will be shorter. <laughs> But yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening. Thank you everyone who donated. Uh, we're going to hopefully have some shorts go live tomorrow. Uh, keep your eyes peeled to my channel. I got more stuff coming down the pipeline. And uh, yeah, Matt, you got anything to promote? Anything to talk about? Uh, yeah, I've got I've got like a bunch of videos coming out uh, in the next couple of days, as well as next weekend I'll be live streaming some uh, Jedi Survivor. Ooh, uh, nice. So yeah, that, that does come out. That comes out on Friday, so I'll be looking forward to that. Shit. Show me all the haircuts and all the jackets. I want to see all the jackets. <laughs> That's That was my one problem from the first game. I can't dress my guy enough, and I want to customize my lightsaber more. And they're like, oh, oh, we heard you, motherfucker. We heard you. <laughs> 
you're going to be spending so much time, your obsessive compulsive ass changing hairs <laughs> and, you know, every lightsaber component that you possibly can. You're never going to even play the game because you're going to be too busy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want. Paralyze me with choice. Yeah, come on. I want to make my cow look like a racist. <laughs> yeah, really. We don't take kindly to droids in this part of space. <laughs> Actually, no, I guess it would be the droid part of space, the Separatists, they'd be the ones. <laughs> Look, Trade Federation had a point, is all I'm saying. It's all about space lane rights. It's the cantina band, but they're playing space banjos instead of jizz horns. Yeah, jizz whalers, yeah. <laughs> Banj whalers. <laughs> All right, everyone, I'm fucking spiraling. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and hanging out. We'll see you all next time. Remember, if you're a patron and a lot of you people became new patrons, you can actually watch this show first before anyone else. Yeah. And, we get, uh, we have get it up, like, almost immediately. We do, and I'm really happy we can do that, and that's why even though I do plan to eventually, uh, what is it, start with, you know, kind of a backup channel for podcastable content, we're going to keep doing this, though. Because getting it up so early and so soon after we're done just feels really good. Yes. So thank you, everyone, and we'll see you all again next time. Bye-bye. See ya.